2: And I became He-Man, the most powerful man in the universe.
3: Welcome to Star Joe's Podcast, Episode 181, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story Movie Review. I'm your host, Ryan, and welcome back, everyone. Yes, uh, today we are going to review Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, and when I say we, I am not here by myself. However, none of my co-hosts so far could make this show, so we're we're calling in the Rogue team to help me out with this episode. Uh, So... First off, you guys know him. You guys love him. He does a a lot of the preview episodes with me. Got Travis joining the show, Uncle T-Bag himself. Travis, thank you for for joining us for this movie review.
1: No problem. Blue leader, (laughs) T-Bag, and uh, reporting for duty, sir. Blue ball leader, yeah. There Uh, you go. (laughs) uh,
3: Then next we have uh, the guy that knows way more about Robotech than I ever thought was possibly imagined. (laughs) Uh, uh, Mr. Eric Grubb, thank you for joining us for this episode. Hello. (laughs) And last but certainly not least, uh, I think the only other time we've had you on the show was when we did a listener episode. But you guys have definitely heard a lot of feedback over the years. If you've been with the show from the beginning, uh, he would send messages in, emails in, and everything else. And Uh, He's become a very good friend of ours, and and who knows, maybe we'll have him on the show more often in the future. Uh, Sam, uh, welcome to the show. Hello. Hey, guys. What's up? Cool. All right, guys. Well, uh, starting off the episode, I I don't want to start with a sad note, but uh, I'd rather start with a sad note than end with a sad note, so... um, it shouldn't be anyone listening to the show should not be too surprised when they hear this, but unfortunately, we did have extremely sad news in the Star Wars universe, uh, and that was the passing of Carrie Fisher, uh, just recently. She had a heart attack on an airplane. Uh, she, from my knowledge, and you guys can correct me if you heard something otherwise. Uh, they performed CPR on her to kind of keep her going, to you know keep her vital. Uh, EMTs came onto the plane once they were able to and uh, she was put in critical condition they were able to stabilize her but stabilize her as I had mentioned a lot of people they were like oh I thought I heard she was stable I was like she was stable but she was still in critical condition stable uh, sadly she did pass away uh, and from what I understand uh, she, the reason she was even on the plane was she was flying back after filming her parts for episode 8 uh, which I did hear that all of her filming had been completed at that point. So we will happily still get a full movie with all of Carrie Fisher in it, uh, but uh, sadly we will not be blessed with her acting in the in the future. Um, what what were your guys? You know what happened for you guys when like when you first heard about it? What were your initial thoughts? Uh, and anyone can jump in here. Don't you know in no particular order. So.
1: Um, I was, I was shocked, and this one hit closer than than I expected it to. Uh, there's been quite a few celebrity deaths this year, that, but this one, you know, this one hit home a little a little closer than, than normal. Uh, you know, I rank Carrie Fisher up there with your your '80s crushes. Uh, like, there's Princess Leia, Daisy Duke, and Farrah Fawcett. Like, yeah. the she was, you know, the geeks, you know. I don't want to say fantasy, but she was a fantasy to some people. So, But it, it just, it, it was very sad. And um, like you, I, I wasn't aware that, you know, when I heard stable, I thought things were fine, but later found out stable condition really means that she was still on life support at that time. Yeah. So um, it's very sad, uh, especially after Rogue One uh, and, and kind of getting a, a a revitalization of that. Uh, no spoilers yet.
3: Yeah, but, <laughs> but we will um, be getting into those. So
1: <laughs> right, but it's it's sad, and you know, I'm uh, I'm I look forward to her last performance next year. Yeah.
4: How about you, uh, Eric? Um, I'm kind of a. It's one of those things where it's sad, but I never had. Like the the crush on her that so many of my generation seem to have had, so it it sucks and it's bad. And when they said that you know she was stable, and I heard, and then that next thing they were talking about ventilator, I'm like, she ain't gonna, she ain't long for this world. So yeah. I pretty much braced for that. Plus, with my wife working, is you know she's a nurse, so as soon as I heard some of those words, I'm like, this is it's not good. Um, so I've had my moments. Like uh, I went and rewatched uh, A New Hope today. Uh, And I had this weird thought at the end of – at the movie where she's handing out the the medals. Mm -hmm. And, of course, Chewie gets stiffed again. How many (laughs) fans may whenever – wherever she gets buried, cremated, wherever her ashes end up, some sort of memorial plaque, I wonder how many fans will – Put or something similar to that around, you know, yeah. and I kind of I started thinking about that and it made me choke up a little bit, and I'm fine, and I choke up and I'm fine. Yeah. Um, a lot of my friends, and especially in the 501st, are really like that. Was all my Facebook feed was. Oh yeah, um, and a lot of people are really really distraught, but you know, uh, she <laughs> I met her once. It was great, awesome, um, but you know my life never really revolved around her so much now when mark hamill goes it's going to be a different story yeah but it like i said i'm sad i'm upset but you know life goes on for me so yeah
2: that's about it how about for you sam um a little bit in the same boat as eric she wasn't like a huge character or fantasy of mine you know i'm not like Big on the women as much as I am on the guy characters for some oh, yeah, reason. Oh, yeah, we
1: know all about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just he wasn't wearing a loincloth. <laughs> right.
3: Right. For, unfortunately. That's why you gravitated uh, towards Chuck early on in the Star Joes episode. so <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, times. But it is sad. She was really young. I was shocked. Like like you guys, I didn't know, or uh, Travis, I didn't know. I thought she was going to be up, make it when everyone says she was stable. Yeah. Um,. It's gonna be weird to see what happens in episode nine. I don't know what they had plans for. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, for me, uh, I had,
3: as you guys could imagine, uh, I have a lot of people that know my fandom, and uh, no shocker there. I think, I think much like you, Eric, probably you're one of the few people in my, in my circle of friends who I would say is either equal or maybe even more so a Star Wars fan than I am. So, like, much like you might be in your world, like, to most people, I'm the Star Wars guy. Like, everyone sees something Star Wars they think of me. So, when the news came out, I think I got, like, three text messages, two Facebook messages. Uh, I had people at work coming up to me. uh, And I literally had people asking me if I was okay. And I'm like, yeah, it wasn't, like, Aunt Carrie Fisher who passed away. (laughs) Like, I didn't know her. Um, But... At the same time, much like you were saying, Eric, there were moments where I got a little choked up just because these movies have been, much like I was when I heard Kenny Baker passed away. Like, these movies have been such a big part of my life. And unlike Kenny Baker, this was somebody that, you know, actually, you know, I saw her face, you know, and I grew up watching her and everything else. So, and, and I think I got a little bit more choked up when I finally got home and got to, like, rest a little bit and was seeing all the feeds you know of people posting like images of her and art images and things like that of princess leia and and, and everything else and then i um i posted a couple of things too and i think that's when it kind of like hit me a little bit more but uh much like you were saying eric i uh i actually watched episode, uh, episode four as i knew it growing up star wars Uh, last night and uh, i had been wanting to rewatch it ever since seeing rogue one anyways. And I just hadn't sat down to watch it and yeah, and we'll get into it. But yeah, rogue one kind of changed how I view that movie now. Oh Um, boy, does it? Yes. (laughs) And, um, and seeing her play, you know, the part initially like that, I was like, wow, this was a really strong female character right from the beginning. Like she took no prisoners and everything else. And just a really great actress um, playing that part, uh, especially for as we know, you know, if you ever look at behind the scenes, a lot of these actors and actresses just thought this was going to be some silly space movie that no one was really going to care about, they, you know, and then they found out what it was going to end up being, and they're like, wow, we're part of something bigger. Uh, I actually was just talking to someone today about uh, another movie that she was in, and I think I've mentioned this movie on the show when we covered uh, some of our '80s favorite '80s movies, uh, Under the Rainbow, uh, where she starred alongside uh, Chevy Chase Uh, it's a very little known movie Uh, it's one I absolutely loved growing up but it had Carrie Fisher in it as well so um, yeah I mean I'm I'm sad I'm very interested to see what they do now Uh, like I said I know her filming was was done uh, for episode 8 so it's not like they were planning on this happening (laughs) To where they, but now there's obviously gonna have to be a lot of rewrites or figuring out what how they're gonna do this or what they're gonna do next. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, but I am definitely, like you said, Travis, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing her one more time on this on the screen. Uh, And uh, you know, she lived a hard life, some of it very self inflicted, some of it uh, you know, just things that happened to her. Uh, She was a very no nonsense type of person though, which I really appreciated.
1: Yeah, she she owned up to a lot of it. Yeah. And she was joking about it. And, you know, uh, there's a uh, there's a I don't want to say it's a meme because it's not smart alecky, but uh, somebody had posted and I've seen it a few times. And I'm, I'm sure you guys have with as much as she's been on everyone's Facebook feed about her first conversation with George Lucas on set with her being in the white robe. And George Lucas said, you're not allowed to wear a bra. Yeah, and they went back and forth and back and forth, and she said, "You know, I, I want to be known as dying by strangling of my bra in the light of the moon." Or I I, <laughs> yeah. I know I'm I know I'm butchering that whole scene, but if you're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, I'm sure most of you have seen it. If not, look it up. It, it's it's very very funny, and it, it just puts in perspective the the type of. A woman that she was
3: yeah and here's uh a couple things too that were went were out there and not to dwell on anything negative that got out there but there was there were a couple things that were out there that were taken down and i honestly think if carrie fisher was alive if she saw these things she would be like i don't know why you took these things down one of them was i don't know if you guys saw cinnabon put a image it was like an art image with one of their cinnabon's uh, aunt, where her hair obviously would be um, of Princess Leia. And I th- and the tweet said something like, uh, hottest buns in the galaxy. Hottest buns in the galaxy, yeah. Uh-huh. And they took it down because then they were like, well, we thought maybe it might be in poor taste. And I was like, if Carrie Fisher saw that, Carrie Fisher would love that. <laughs> like, uh-huh. So I, I think that that was, uh, I wish that would have just stayed out there because again, if, if you see a lot of interviews with her and everything else, You would know that she actually would have laughed at that and appreciated it. The other one was um, just blows my mind. Again, it's the special. I hate to talk like this, but it's the special snowflakes out there that get upset about some of these things. Um, uh, Steve Martin had a tweet out there where he said, When I was a young man, Carrie Fisher was the most beautiful creature I had ever seen. She turned out to be witty and bright as well. And people started calling Steve Martin a jerk, no pun intended. Um, And. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and said stuff like, I think she apprised to be something higher than just pretty. How do you want to be remembered? Um, seriously, quit being such a jerk for thinking Carrie Fisher was beautiful and saying so on the occasion of her death. Things like that. And That's very weird. It's weird because there was nothing negative in what he said because uh, Diana Davis mentioned this on, under a comment on Facebook and said, in regards to this article. She says, He met her like most people meet other people, which is he saw her, and he saw that she was beautiful. Then he got to know her and found out that she was also witty and bright. Uh, And, like, I commented saying, yeah, that's how I interpreted it. Uh, Let's face it, there's some people out there that, you know, they're, they're pretty much just a pretty face, and when you get to know them, they're as dumb as a box of rocks, you know? like So... He saw a pretty face, he got to know her and then realized she was also very she was also a very bright woman as well. So I didn't take anything negative in what he said. I thought it was actually a very nice thing to say. Um, but people just like lost their shit over it. so uh, again, I think it's something that if Carrie Fisher was alive, she would appreciate what Steve Martin had said so about her. so definitely. Um, now,
1: yes, real quick. Kind of on this topic, do you guys think that Disney will speed up the uh, filming? Uh, you know, the, granted, this was a, a one off and a heart attack, but, you know, Mark Hamill is is not a spring chicken anymore. And Harrison Ford broke his leg. Carrie Fisher has passed. I mean, do you think this will expedite anything on their end for episode nine
3: well let Not me likely. yeah before uh before anyone answers that uh one of the co-hosts actually is about to join us uh let me go ahead and bring mr robert atkins on here
4: yay <laughs> kermit cheer yay <laughs> it's torpedo
1: <laughs> hey hello hello hi hello Hey, it's a torpedo!
2: Hey, everybody! All
1: of a sudden, torpedo <laughs> became Italian.
4: What was that?
2: <laughs> it's me.
4: So, uh,
3: Mr. Atkins, uh, we had actually just started talking. Uh, we haven't even talked about Rogue One yet. Uh, we were actually okay. just talking about Carrie Fisher's passing. Um, yeah. So, wanted uh, Travis had a good question, but before we get into that, um, what? you know what were your thoughts when you first heard about carrie fisher passing away and like now that you've had time to process it and things like that
5: uh well i think i mean the first i heard about it was when eric had texted you and me and um i was like what because i didn't know what he was talking about and i hadn't been online really um and like literally me and my son were on our way to go see rogue one like oh wow that's when I, when that's when I heard about it, I was like, this is crazy. Oops, then, sorry course to be Debbie Downer with it.
2: <laughs> yeah. Right.
5: Well, that, I mean, it's fine. I was just like, I, I wouldn't have known otherwise. So I don't know. That would have been an, a different experience. Maybe. I don't know. But yeah, that was always kind of at the back of my mind, you know, as I went. And then actually it was right before we went because you sent that and I looked online. I was like, what? And then I checked online. And one of the first things I saw was this really cool interview that she had done. Uh, Right around the time that Force Awakens was coming out, uh, just as a promo interview, and she did this hilarious interview with like her dog, yeah, with her on the Today Show or the Morning Show or Good Morning America, yeah, yeah, with like this tongue that was hanging out and just like looked like he could care less about the interview, but it was like hilarious, (laughs) and um, and she was like wonderful, you know, like she was incredibly personable and she was, you know, just I mean, I mean, kind of the way that. She really became, I think especially later in life, as people got to know her, more like uh, just really open. I mean, she kind of just said what she thought. And in the interview was the same way, but it was uh, really funny and genuine. It was kind of cool.
0: Yeah.
3: So uh, just to let you know, Robert, who's all here, uh, we have yeah. Travis on the line, uh, Eric on the line, and Sam. And I don't know if you ever had a chance to talk with Sam. He was on one of our listener episodes in, in the past but he's a he's a good friend of uh, Travis, Chuck, Nick, and myself. So
5: cool! Well, hey, everybody.
3: Hey, what's up? So, uh, Travis, uh, why don't you throw that question out now that the whole gang is here?
1: Uh, I, I had asked, and I was since everything had happened. I was wondering, do you think? Do you guys think that Disney will, uh, in lieu of Carrie Fisher's passing, speed up the process and film? episode dying a little faster uh, because uh, Mark Hamill is, is older and, you know, with Harrison Ford getting injured and carry passing, you know, it, it seems to be going
5: down the line. So do
1: you think it'll speed them up or will they just stay on a stay the course pace?
5: Um, my, my general opinion is uh, I mean, one, it's a huge corporation and I kind of feel like when things are run, by committee in that way that they're just going to stick to a schedule that was already approved and determined. Um, that said, I mean, are they when are they when are they, they going to start filming episode eight? It's already are, done. Are they, they're already done. It's done. Yeah. yeah, they're done filming. Well, the initial. I just kind of yeah. I kind of wonder. Yeah, they might they they might just kind of bump it up and just kind of I mean they're not going to film it back to back call together because. Obviously, the filming for is basically done, but um, they might, when they do callbacks for eight, which is pretty typical, um, they might just build that right into nine so that it's done. I don't know.
4: Yeah, I don't think it's gonna change much um, because of the nature of they have already so many, you know, balls in the air that if they start messing with this, it messes other things up down the line. Like
5: that's people, true.
4: I mean, I don't even think. I mean, they may move some of the, the production behind the scenes, you know, stuff up as in try to get it done quicker, but it's still, you know, I, I just don't. I mean, with the fact they just finished filming the initial stuff for nine, I mean eight, derp. Um, <laughs> I just, I just don't see them being able to push it. Which, as far as I know, I don't even think they have a finished script for nine yet. Yeah, I don't so, think so. You know, yeah. may, maybe they'll do a couple of. Well, they definitely don't have a finished
3: script for nine now. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I just, I just don't see them. If there is a push, it's not, it's not going to change. It's not going to affect the release of the movie. I don't think. I think if it does, it just it'll be some. It'll be minor things to help move it along a little quicker. I don't think it's going to be anything major. Yeah.
5: Well, I had kind of a question. I mean, if anybody wants to answer that also or what they think about it, but I, had, I had a kind of a question, too, that feeds into that a bit.
3: Yeah, I, I pretty much have the same thought. I don't think they're going to move anything up, uh, even if they wanted to. To your point, Robert, there's so many big things in motion already. It's, it's like trying to steer a, a giant ship like... You might be able to make some subtle changes, but you're not going to completely change course uh, at this point. You're just—I think—they're just, think just going to stay the course, uh, even if they wanted to up some things.
5: Yeah, they just have such a packed schedule to begin with. I mean, yeah. it's—I—I I can't imagine getting it out sooner or, right. or getting things going sooner.
2: Yeah, that's how I felt.
5: Yeah.
4: I could see possibly because there's still that third standalone movie that. Uh, no one knows what it's supposed to be. I, w- I mean, maybe they cut the production on that, so that that's actually later. Mm-hmm. But that's, I think, the only thing that they could do.
3: Yeah, really. Yeah. So, what was your uh, question, Robert, or your thought, whatever? Well,
5: um, it, it was kind of what, what Travis was suggesting was just that, like, how do you think they can incorporate her, obviously not being around anymore, into the story or make the story? Work. I, you know, to be honest, I think I, you know, I have an opinion, but what do you, what, what do you guys think? I would hate. Uh,
1: she won't get her, the hero's death or anything like that, but but I would hate to read a, about her passing in like the scroll or yeah. as a you know, at the beginning of episode nine. Like that was a terrible battle, and we lost General, you know, Organa. So yeah. I. I it's a it's a sticky situation, so I I don't know. I don't know if they should, you know, maybe write something for the end of this. So it, it it I don't know, but I I just don't want it to be something like a passing statement or you know in the scroll at the beginning.
3: Yeah. My my thought is that they'll either put something, they'll rework something at the end of this movie where she. Does die because uh, the end because this second movie is they've already said it's supposed to be dark <laughs> so um, oh. and nothing would be darker than to lose another major character um, or they could open the ninth movie with a dark scene uh, since we just left a dark movie opening it, and then that just makes the ending that much brighter um, you know they could go I mean we've seen it. And we're going to talk about it later, but, uh, we've seen them go the CG route. So, you know, even for just a, a moment of a death or something like that, like, you know, that the place she's at is taken out and she, maybe she does get the hero's death that we we would want. So, uh, you know, if I go on that CG route, I don't know. Um, that would be my thought is that we're either going to see something reworked for the ending of episode eight. Or something happen in episode at the beginning of episode nine. I don't think we'll see a uh, scroll uh, mention of it. Uh, I much like you said, Travis. I would hate it if they did it that way. So,
5: um, I, my thoughts on it would I, I guess are somewhat determined on it really takes place in episode eight. I mean, if 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 for whatever reason Luke is still reluctant to be a bigger part play a bigger part in the rebellion
0: mm-hmm.
5: um towards the end of eight then i can't imagine a, a more motivating scenario than the fact that he like willingly secluded himself for so long and then either because of a uh, inaction or unwillingness to be involved more than he was you know would either lead to or he wasn't able to prevent her death, I think that that would spur him on even more. Yeah. As a character motivation, you know, his sister being gone and knowing that Han is gone, like that would, I just can't imagine like what else, but at at the same time, I was talking to my son about it and my son kind of brought that up. But then I was like, at the same time, like he secluded himself because the Jedi is supposed to be detached, you know? And, but I think, I think he was always not, I think he was always had a, 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 you know, his he seemed close to the force because of his relationships, instead of lack oh, yeah. of them. You
3: know, for sure. Well, and he he was trained as a Jedi without the the time period and the the training that Jedi's in the past had. So he didn't know that you're supposed to be detached from relationships and, the
4: dogma. and things like that. He didn't, yeah, he wasn't taught the dogma. Exactly. Either. Yeah, that's
5: a good. And he point. was like, yeah. I mean, that's a huge point there. Yeah. But it's also like he was taught by. Uh, somebody that, you know, was, as far as he knew, from Tatooine, like him. Right. He learned early on that his father was a Jedi, and then obviously all of that was wrapped up into it, and his sister is involved. It's like every major person involved with the Force that he knows is like a close personal relationship. So there's no way that he could associate the Force with anything besides those relationships.
3: Yeah. Uh, Sam or Eric, any thoughts about how they might, do the uh, her passing in the movies and stuff?
4: I, I see one of two possibilities. Either they change nothing depending... Again, it's one of these things where if we maybe had the inklings of what the story might be, like a leak or something, right. it's easier to speculate, but yeah. I think either they leave it alone, and they basically write the... you know They, they, they come up with some other way to... Incorporate the character in 9, but have the character removed enough? You know, know, kind of... You know, maybe at one point they do something where they have an actor playing the character, but you don't see the face, the front. You know, like she's, she's doing something in the background and... I don't know, or they... I'm going to assume that there's probably some sort of battle at the end of episode eight yeah um and future hello future people that listen to this after episode eight maybe, maybe we all sound like idiots but, um, they'll probably
5: do something like normal they'll,
3: right yeah, <laughs> we've been sounding like idiots for 181 episodes <laughs> exactly. we're fine no, let, let me
5: You've been we're like not fooling anybody man we're not fooling anybody um
4: or if they're whatever, this ba- whatever kind of battle or fight might be taking place at the end, I, then they may do something to do some reshoots and kill the character in some sort of a heroic fashion. Yeah. You know.
2: Sam, how about you? Any any thoughts? My that? initial thoughts, um, like in the last movie, or in episode seven, she, was, she wasn't she was in a lot, so I thought eight and nine would be like the same amount. Mm-hmm. So I figured they just replace her digitally or with another actress, but now listening to you guys, I can see her see her definitely getting killed off somehow in the end of eight or beginning of nine. Yeah,
3: yeah, and that was the thing too, as is, is like I said that I, I did hear that she was supposed to have a bigger role in eight and nine, and then uh, obviously it's, we'll see a bigger role of her in eight. Uh, so mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see how they play that out and everything else um also and this just was just as the time of this recording this news just came out was that her mother uh Debbie Reynolds actually also passed away as well um so uh her mother uh had a stroke uh
4: just I th- was it just today or yesterday? uh no she yeah. had the she had the stroke yesterday yesterday okay oh really uh it was like it was it was either super early this morning or it was late last night yeah I forget one of the two, and then uh, and then she just, uh, like I said,
3: probably minutes before uh, we started recording this uh, is when I found out that uh, she actually passed away. So, uh, mother and daughter are together again. So I guess there's maybe some peace in that. Um, but uh, it's been a very rough year, and I know a lot of people, a lot of my friends on Facebook uh, have been posting, you know, about how much 2016 sucks for how many people we've been losing. Uh, but as John, I think, has mentioned on the show, it's unfortunately we're at that stage right now where we're going to probably keep losing people. It's sad, but it's true. I mean, you have to figure when we were growing up, a lot of these people were in their 20s and 30s, maybe 40s. And now we're all in our 30s and 40s, and they're in their 60s and 70s and possibly 80s. So so uh, unfortunately you know we're going to lose more people in, in the future just because of age if nothing else so um but it is it makes it no less sad uh you know to lose all these great people that you know we all grew up with so um so with that i will have uh of course we'll we'll have our moment of, of silence uh for carrie fisher and debbie reynolds uh as we as we normally do and uh, you know, she gets to join Kenny Baker up there this year. And uh, the thing I am grateful for is that uh, I, especially now, uh, we are getting all these amazing Star Wars movies. At least in my opinion, they've been amazing. So it's like the legacy lives on. Uh, if Disney hadn't taken over and did these movies. Uh, you know, she would have passed and we, you know, we just would have held on to the movies we knew her from and that's about it. Now we actually, we were blessed to actually get some new movies with her. So, so it's pretty awesome. Now on to happier topics, uh, Rogue One. State your name for the record.
0: Jen Erso.
3: Forgery of Imperial documents, possession of stolen property, aggravated assault, resisting
5: arrest. On your own from the age of 15, reckless, aggressive, and undisciplined. This is a rebellion, isn't it?
0: I rebel We have a mission for you A major weapons
4: test is imminent We need to know what it is and how to destroy it
1: Is that clear?
4: Yes,
0: sir
3: you do when they catch you, what will you do if they break you, if you continue to fight, If anyone uh, is listening to this episode and has not seen Rogue One, you need to stop listening right now. <laughs> 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 this is going to be completely spoiler-filled. Um, uh, we there, it's no holds barred. We can talk about anything from the movies, any, uh, from the movie, anything at all. Um, sp- feel free to spoil away. Initially, though, I want to go around the the virtual table and get everyone's impression, uh, just basic impression of what you thought of the movie. And then we can definitely, at, once we do that, we can definitely delve into uh, characters and plot and things that happened and all that fun stuff. So, uh, Travis, why don't we go ahead and start with you. What were your first impressions when you saw Rogue One?
1: I liked it. Uh, I didn't like it as much as Episode Seven, but I I did enjoy it. Uh, I felt uh, going in that I I knew what was going to happen, obviously, because it it took place before Star Wars. Uh, But they really, really fleshed out uh, almost too much at times uh, the backstory. um, But overall, I liked it, uh, some high points. Uh, the last 20 minutes of the movie uh, are probably the best 20 minutes of Star Wars and to me are the epitome of uh, what Star Wars is uh, cinematically.
3: Okay. Uh, Robert, what were your impressions?
5: Um, I, I yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. I think um, it's amazing to see how movies have changed obviously because this fits right up to new hope and Mm -hmm. like literally the moment before new hope and um and if you watch this movie and then jumped right into the you know 77 movie you're it's like a a jarring you know just because cinematically things are so different and pacing is different and um but it's but it is an interesting kind of just study in film because of that because it fits so seamlessly into what happened Um, I also, when I saw it, my son is, he's 10 years old. He has always been aware of Star Wars because he grew up in this house, but like, (laughs) (laughs) um, but he wasn't like a huge Star Wars fan until this last year. Like he went to see, he was, he was homesick for a day and we like marathoned the episodes and then force awakens came out like the next week. And so he was like, Whoa, you know, so it all clicked. He finally got it. Yeah. So this last year he's been really into Star Wars, really looking forward to it. And we went and saw this together, so I kind of watched it through the eyes of my 10-year-old son with me, which I think is the best way to watch Star Wars, really. And um,
3: So can you send so your 10-year-old been... son over here so if that's the best way to watch it, then... Yeah,
5: <laughs> <laughs> I, I rent him out. He's actually uh, pretty affordable, so um, you basically just have to buy a popcorn, it'll do anything. Oh, there you go. So, um, the, yeah, no, but I think uh, as far as the movie itself... Uh, one of the other things that okay, so we're definitely getting the spoilers here because like one of the things is I can't think of another movie where li- literally like every protagonist that you're rooting for dies. Yeah. Like hmm. everybody, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's <laughs> that was you know, there's characters that move on like Mon Mothma, you know, you know that obviously move on into the rest of the trilogy, but but really you know the core group of people that we're following on from the beginning of the movie. Everybody died. And I can't think of another no. movie where...
4: Saving Private Ryan is close. Yeah.
5: It's very close. I mean, you feel like they won their objective. Their objective was met, and they won, but, but literally, like...
3: Magnificent Seven. Everybody's gone. Co- Magnificent seven's pretty close to that. And pretty close.
5: There's like two or three that survived. <laughs> and and uh, you know, Saving Private Ryan also is. It has a similar feel. But there's oh, still Butch that and one Sundance. person.
3: Butch and Sundance. There you go.
5: That's <laughs> true. That's a good one. That's a really good one.
4: But, <laughs> but that's history. Still, all that yeah, that's, a, yeah, that, yeah.
5: that's like two. Yeah, that's true yeah, too. But it's that's not like a big characters. group. Yeah. This is like yeah. Yeah, this is like a dozen people that you're kind of following each of the stories to a very right. you know, level of degree, but. Uh, Yeah, I don't know, so that really surprised my son, because he's obviously never seen a movie like that, and I was like, I kept thinking, well, maybe one of them gets out, but no, (laughs) they don't. (laughs) They don't. So Uh, I thought it was good, but I mean, I loved the movie. I thought it was fantastic.
3: Cool. Uh, Sam, why don't you go ahead next and let us know what your thoughts were overall.
5: Uh, I thought it was really good.
2: I liked it more than Episode 7, surprisingly, and I'm more of a Jedi, like a Jedi fan, like to Jedi Sith type of fan. So I was a little surprised I liked that more. Uh, yeah, it was jarring to see, does everyone die? All the, all the characters just gone. Um, that's, that's about it. Okay. Uh, Eric? The My
4: initial thought on it was, <laughs> it took me probably 20 to 25 minutes to get over what I felt was jarring at the beginning yeah and <laughs> and I, and I mm-hmm. don't mean the no crawl oh, the okay. music it's because to me there's we've had seven Star Wars movies, and they all have kind of a flow and a vibe and a feel and a style and Rogue One right at the beginning is like nope, we're different, yeah mm-hmm. and I think that's a good indicator of the movie in a general I mean yes, it's a Star Wars movie, but it's a very different kind of Star Wars movie, yeah, and once I got used to what was you know just the way it felt I mean I was totally sucked into the damn thing Uh, I mean I loved it I don't know where I put it on you know out of eight Star Wars movies I don't know where it fits in there probably somewhere in the middle because to me the original trilogy is still going to be the end all be all but it's it's I don't know it's it's in there but you know and I thought they did some really really ballsy things Mm -hmm. um especially with as robert said with the killing of everyone. Yeah. Cuz to me that was the only spoiler i was worried about was you know was who lives and who dies. Right. Because otherwise we ultimately know how it's going to end. We know that they're going to succeed. It's just a question of how do they succeed and who pays the price.
3: Yeah.
4: Um, and of course then all the the plethora of easter eggs in this movie was just oh, like yeah. <laughs> i mean i was literally like
0: <laughs>
4: yeah like a little, you know, Clapping and giggling <laughs> at the same time a couple of times. Oh yeah, I, um, I went and saw it opening
3: night, and yeah, the audience was just applauding every time one of those popped up. So <laughs>
4: yeah, I,
1: overall, I think they did a, a great job with those, and they didn't beat you over the head with them near as much as Episode Seven. They were very subtle, but if you knew your lore, you just immediately picked up on on yeah. everything.
4: There were a couple I could have done without, <laughs> um, and we could talk about them later. Yeah. But uh for the most part it's just I think it's a really solid movie and my wife's like I really want to see it I'm like you realize this is a war movie yeah. okay so yeah.
5: this is that's the disclaimer <laughs> you
4: know, you're not really you know like I'm a big time you know I, the Pacific band of brothers I mean I love you know these war movies but yeah. she not so much I'm like I, don't, I mean you probably want to see it cuz She's turned into a Star Wars fan, but yeah. I don't really think you want to see this based just on that alone. Yeah. So, but
5: yeah, yeah. it's it's not it's not the Attack of the Clones romantic comedy, right? You know, <laughs> it's uh, this is a whole different vibe.
4: And that was a comedy in all different ways. So, well, that was the yeah. <laughs> at Celebration Six a couple, you know, in twenty twelve or whatever the hell year. Not not Celebration Six, Celebration Anaheim two years ago. Um, when they were when I was at the panel for rogue one when they kept when gareth edwards kept talking about this is a war you know this is there's this puts the wars and star wars and and they started talking about the yeah. cinematographers where a lot of these guys on saving private ryan and and aliens and all these kinds of things and i'm like this is going to be really interesting if they pull it off successfully and i yeah. personally think they did yeah
3: uh well for for me uh I think anyone that is connected with me on Facebook or any anywhere else uh, knows I absolutely loved the movie. Uh, much like uh, you guys, some of you guys were saying, like I don't really know where it fits in with the other movies for me just yet, uh, and I mean that in a very good way because I absolutely love the movie, but I had a different feel with it than I did for uh, the Force Awakens. Like the Force Awakens for me, I felt like there was some really great new character development. Uh, I had the nostalgia of the original cast and all that going on for me. With this one, it was like, it was almost like I want, I didn't get as much development of the characters, but I want to learn more about these characters. And with me being a big fan of Expanded Universe stuff, I'm like, all I kept seeing was, oh, I want to learn, I want to read a comic about that character's past. I want to read a book about that character's past. Um, Like, So I want to learn more about these characters, and I don't need it to be done in a movie where you know, unlike one of our co-hosts, Shannon, he, he wants that to be in the movie, and I can totally appreciate that. And I did hear that as a complaint for some people, saying, well, I want to learn. I wanted to know more about these characters. For me, I want to know more about these characters, but I didn't need it in the movie. Um, I felt like I got to know enough about them to care about them. Um, it totally, there's a couple things with it. a total game-changer for me when it comes to how now I view A New Hope. Uh, it is a it, much like any other Star Wars movie It is it pushed the envelope of technology and we'll get into that <laughs> I'm sure at some point um, like we saw stuff that has been done before but not at this level um, uh, I love the characters uh, one thing that was mentioned was which I absolutely loved with this movie is much like you're saying Eric it's a, it's a war movie we got to see a side of the rebellion we don't we never saw before. Before it was the Rebellions were the good guys and the, the Empire was the bad guys. But this time we got to actually see like the Rebels do kind of some dirty things and we got to see extremists like Saw Gerrera uh, who, you know, he was the extreme side of the Rebellion. Even the Rebellion was like, yeah, we don't really associate with him. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's things like that. Um, the Gareth Edwards being the director, we got to see, you know, he did Godzilla. We got to see uh, with that movie and with this one, how he's able to show scope and everything else, which I thought was amazing. Um, yeah, seeing all the characters die, it was. I was like, could one of them live? Um, yeah. And if I had my choice, it'd be K two S O. But you know, that's just me cheering him on, cheering him on. Um, but I I love. Like I said, we'll talk about a lot of the characters and everything else. But I love the movie. It just has a different feel than The Force Awakens. So I still don't know where it kind of fits in all the other movies just like you said Eric though I don't think anything will ever beat the original trilogy for me Uh, I think those will always be the you know one two three spots Um, but I am supposed to go see it with uh, my nephews who are in town for the holidays Uh, they're seven and nine and I actually just got a text message from my wife saying that my mother-in-law texted her to say hey they were wondering if you'd be interested to go see Rogue One tomorrow with them and I was like "Uh, heck yeah uh, and if any of the other nephews mm-hmm. that are in town right now, I have eleven nieces and nephews. I was like, I mean, any other nieces and nephews want to go see the movie? Uh, I am certainly up for multiple screenings if that is needed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I loved it, and I can't wait to see it again. And like you said, all the nods that were in there, I, I didn't feel like an, I personally didn't feel any of them were forced. Uh, no pun intended. Uh, and I really enjoyed it. And yes, those last. 15 minutes of the movie it was just jaw-dropping uh i was just stunned at how amazing that was um so yeah so that i mean that i don't want to go too more into it because you know there's going to be a lot to talk about when it comes to this uh this movie so but yeah i loved it can't wait to see it again uh and again and again and again so um Alright, you guys want... I don't know how you guys want to do this. Again, it's kind of a free-for-all. Is there anything... I don't know if you guys want to start talking about some of the characters. You want to just talk about plot points. Is there something you just feel like we need to talk about right now? <laughs>
2: I had a, I had a quick question. Yeah. Uh, Robert, you said you took your son? Yeah. Uh, how old did you say he was? He's 10. How, how did he feel... Like, I'm not saying you have to call, anyone has to collar kids. I'm not one of those type of guys. But how did he feel about the movie with everyone dying and stuff? Yeah.
5: Um, yeah, and he's a pretty sensitive kid. So like, uh, you, you know, with that kind of a thing, if it if it's like, like, we went to go see Star Trek Beyond, uh, you know, the newer, the, the <clears throat> most recent one. And that was a little too intense for him. Like, they're like the life draining scenes and stuff like that. Like, for him, that be I mean, just as an example to kind of how sensitive he is to stuff. And he was like, pretty freaked out at that. I was like, well, crap, maybe I shouldn't have brought him to this. Uh, but I, but I would have thought of that movie as just a really good sci-fi action movie. I wouldn't have thought too much about it. Um, yeah. But there wasn't anything creepy in this. It's just really intense. Right. Um. And I think the way that people died, it wasn't like you were seeing their faces getting blast off or or you know right. or like um right. you know it was like somebody would get shot and like they would fly twenty feet. Uh. And then like oh that guy's dead. So it was kind of like. <laughs> video game, you know, death, or like a, um, you know, almost a cartoonish death. So it's, uh, so that lightens it up a bit, which is weird to say, but, you know, the fact that, as an example in the scene, uh, and I forget everybody's names in the movie, but the but Donnie Yen's character, um, sure. after, yeah, after he wipes out, like, and, and gets help, but they wipe out that whole stormtrooper garrison that's about to, or not garrison, but just like, group of stormtroopers that were gonna take him out in like the town square in one of the streets. And then he just like sits on the dead guy as he's talking. <laughs> like you know, that lightens the, the fact that they're surrounded by like thirty dead stormtroopers. Uh, it makes it seem less like a battle and he's kind of just carrying on a conversation and using them as a stool, you know, like mm-hmm. um so I think as far as a kid goes, I think they even though it's an intense war movie, I agree. Um I don't know. I don't know about bringing kids way younger than that, you know, like certainly yeah. not five or six year old, you know. But I think if it's a mature kid who's kind of seasoned to this type of, you know, like movie violence, uh, a seven or eight year old would be fine, you know. Um, and then my if you have a sensitive kid, that's like pretty either freaked out by tense situations or suspense in movies then I would wait till nine or ten. But that's just my advice yeah. or. Yeah,
3: and I would say like I'm I'm gonna be taking a seven and nine year old, uh, and it's gonna be interesting because I don't I don't not with them often uh, enough to know how they are. I do know that they're very bright and I know that they're very mature for their age. Yeah, Um, so I think in that respect they can handle it. At the same time, I've been to a Cavs game with them where they got really upset because the Cavs lost. Like, yeah. <laughs> like threw a fit because of the Cavs lost. So I don't know.
4: <laughs> I don't. My twenty five year old brother in law throws a fit. I was going to say <laughs> I,
3: can, I, can, appre- I so. can. appreciate that. So, but uh, but yeah. So I don't. It'll be interesting um, uh, how they react to it. But I, I do think they're at. I mean, you know, I saw Empire Strikes Back when I was, uh, you know, five. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I think I. Well,
5: it, my other thought movie, of that so. is I think. Just- Star Wars in general does a really good job of balancing, yeah. widening the demographic. Yes. You could be almost mm-hmm. as old as anybody and appreciate it and as young as pretty young kids, you know, I would say with a range of five to eight, can still watch it and enjoy it because there's that fantasy element in there. Um, I think the best yeah. Star Wars obviously don't play to that younger crowd. Right. The best Star Wars movies, but for whatever reason, like, even little kids get just sucked into the fantasy of it. And and then they kind of ignore like the fact that it is in, in the middle of war. And this is probably mm-hmm. the most intense, you know, uh, as far as just all out battle with like literally like body count. You know, this is probably like the highest body count Star Wars movie. But yeah, well, with the exception of Alderon, you know, right? <laughs>
4: <laughs> but you don't actually see anybody on Alderaan. Yeah,
5: that's true. Right. It's not you see him vaporized, there.
4: right? <laughs> Yeah, and I will say the
3: Star Wars in general. I'm glad they kept it with this movie as well. Is like in general, it's not like you're seeing bloody, gory, you know, fights yeah. and stuff like that. So um, you do get that. I think that's a perfect uh, analogy for you. You do get the video game death, uh, which is I think works really well to hit that larger demographic and everything. Yeah. So.
5: Um, all right, and do, then the only time they linger on a death is it's it's a main character and that really kind of, right? You know, you uh, you really get that emotional um, link to the character because of that, you know. And so yeah. it's done really well. It's done really dramatically.
3: Yeah, and, I mean, let's so face it. I was gonna say even the, the the two main characters of this movie. You know, uh, Cassian and, and Jin Erso, like at the end, you don't really, I mean, you know they died, but yeah. you don't, it's yeah. just a white light that comes towards them and that's it. So, mm-hmm. where you could have gotten the Terminator death, which is, you know, you see skeletal <laughs> remains.
5: <laughs> <laughs> they're like, hey, their burning. hands are hanging onto each other as right. like the skeletal hands are <laughs> right. like shaking and they're screaming. Yeah. Right.
3: So. Alright, uh do you guys wanna just I don't again is there? I have I, I
5: have a suggestion. Yes. I have a suggestion. Yes. Um I'd like to go around and say who was the standout character for you. Okay. And then after we talk about that, that'll get us talking a little bit about <coughs> movie movie points and stuff. Sure. And then maybe after we've had that discussion we can just kind of go through not like beat by beat, but just the major set pieces and things that we liked or stood out. Yeah. And as we go through the major set pieces point point out the um the little easter eggs throughout.
3: Yeah, sounds good. Sounds like a good plan. All right, so well, do you want to kick it off who is the standout character character or characters
5: for you? Um me. Yeah. Um Okay, I think uh this is uh, Well, okay. So the problem the pro- I, th- I think the easy answer is um the droid, the K2, what? K2SO. K2SO. So I think, yeah, yeah Queso. Queso. So I, uh, think, I think, he's okay, so I think he's the <laughs> he's the easy pick because he was so amazing. I think yeah, he was so right. so good, and I'll, I'll let other people talk about him. I think the um, one that I was uh, I had heard, you know, that Darth Vader was going to be in it,
0: mm-hmm.
5: um, but I absolutely loved that we got a visual representation of like his castle yeah and mm-hmm. the fact that he would be in a Bacta tank or, or some kind of rejuvenation tank when he's not needed somewhere else like makes so much sense yes yeah. like um uh, his they didn't overdo him you know what I mean like it could have been easy to have him come in and be acrobatic jumping all over the place and you know it's like but that's not that's not the movie representation of of vader that we know you know what I mean so it's like he was a little more aggressive and intense uh, than I think we'd seen in the older movies as far as his movement and being able to like really show his use of the force and in a, you know, just in that where he boards the ship really yeah. is what I'm thinking of. Uh, I loved that scene. It just, it gave us uh, um, what I was really hoping to get, even though he was only on that screen for a little while and percentage of the whole movie is like, why is it that the whole galaxy fears this guy? Yeah. You know, everybody mm-hmm. knows who he is. Everybody is just utterly terrified of him. And in the older movies, that works that you don't you – know, I don't mean that you have to show – sometimes the mystery of it is just as good or better. Sure. But this definitely gives us an indication. Just one oh, more little yeah. <laughs> piece of the puzzle. This lets you know that, oh, holy crap, if you were in that corridor.
3: Oh, my God. You know.
5: It's well, a good thing the, the 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 rebels are wearing brown pants, right? Yeah. That's, that's the thing.
3: We finally <laughs> got to to your point, Robert. We finally got to see Darth Vader unleashed. I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. Like they were just like get us the hell out of here. Please open yeah. the yeah. door. Yeah.
5: <laughs> and we've seen it in the comics. Like yes. so we've seen it visually, yes. but but not on film. And I think that this is by far the best way it, it, it was great to see it and to see why the the galaxy's terrified of this guy yeah. and i thought that was a done really really
3: well i mean he's using the force he's slicing people he, it, it was just like and and how he even Appeared in that moment where the lightsaber yeah, how they lights up, and it's, oh, I was like, I was like, oh, yeah, they you are the, so. You hear the dead. breathing, and
5: then it's like from utter blackness. It's like, it's like, oh crap.
3: And then it didn't stop, stop it. with them just passing the the plans through the door because I thought, okay, now it's gonna stop. No, then he blows the door open, and he's still yeah, coming at Jesus. them. Oh jeez. So yeah. Was I was like, oh, this is like this is intense, and then the crawl, and I'm like, wait, there's supposed to be more, and I was like, oh, wait, there is more. Uh, I have to go see I... a new hope. <laughs>
5: yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it just, it just, um, and we we'll, I do want to talk about this point. Maybe we can do that a little later. Is sure. You mentioned it is is how this affects the way we watch a new yeah. hope. Yeah, for and sure. And one of the ways it does for me is that Vader is so much more intense at the beginning of a new hope. Yes. Like, yeah, for sure. Uh, my gosh, you take them so much more seriously, I guess. And as it was, it was pretty yeah. serious, but now it's even more so.
3: All right, uh, Sam, what was who was the uh, standout character or characters
2: for you? Uh, Jin, uh, Jin or so. Okay. She, is that how my, is that how it's pronounced? Yep. Is it Jen Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She just she just didn't take crap from no one, and just nothing. She didn't nothing stood in her way. Nothing. She she just felt like she was gonna. Succeed no matter what. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Eric, how about for you?
4: I'm kind of torn between a couple. Like, I really liked Chirrut and Baze as a as a combo. Yeah. Um, but I also think Bodhi Rook was a real interesting because where you see where he goes from this little kind of scared, you know, freaked out guy to at the end where he's you know, he's taking charge of of <laughs> people in a battle, and you're like, well, it's not really him. But yeah. I, I think really ultimately it comes down to probably Donnie Yen uh, yeah. would cheer it. Just because I think a lot of people are going to ask – it's not just the character, but it's also the actor. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are going to go, well, who is this guy, and find out a lot more about him. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, the Vader stuff was – God, that was – I felt like he finally saw Vader as Vader the badass. Yeah. Where he's mm-hmm. not limited by, because back in the original trilogy, you had guys who couldn't really move in that stuff. Right. Um, I just, and Krennic, I, you know, there was, like I, like, I didn't, I don't know that actor at all. Like, I, I know people know who he is, but I'm just like, okay, he's, a, he's some Australian guy. But, I, I like, a lot of the characters, I you know, it, hmm. It's all over the place. That's the problem. Yeah, the problem. True. Like, it's true. It's hard to pick Like one. the ones that like K two was great because of the comedy factor, and mm-hmm. Alan Tudyk is amazing. Yeah, Um, but honestly, like the weakest ones I thought were were Andor and Urso, just because they were, you know, they're neat, but when with the rest of that ensemble, I thought the rest of the ensemble was just more interesting mm-hmm. um, than. Uh, well, and I you think know. a little bit of that was too is the mystery of those of the ensemble. Like you don't
3: really know a lot about those characters. Uh, you know enough to like them, but you don't know their history. And uh, and like I said, for me that was intriguing because it's like okay, I want I'm, God, I hope Marvel and Del Rey books and all are like going like viewing these characters as ripe for like de- developing their past and everything else. So,
4: well, I'm also curious to see. Was it one of the um Melchi who was one of the uh the the rebel like commando leaders yeah um, like he seemed like they wanted to develop that guy a little more too than they did mm-hmm. and it's one of those things where I feel like that's a comic character that's screams... that's that's a character in the comics or the books that screams you know how did he get to the point where he's at yeah which
5: which, which guy are you talking about he was
4: Melchi was one of the, he was one of the one of the human, um, he was a, which is one of the it was rebel, the commando leaders, he was the guy who kind of towards the very end was one, he was one of the last ones standing, but he was also the guy that was doing like the major communication.
5: Um, oh, yeah. Yeah.
4: Um, where he actually like got shot me. and they're like, we need you to do this. He's like, hold on, I'm a little busy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, and the next, thing, next, next time you see him, he's laying dead on the ground because clearly he succumbed to the wounds right. uh, that he took. But I, I don't know. There's just like a lot of these. I've always also been just a fan. Like, my favorite characters in Star Wars are the troopers, yeah. the generic troopers. And to see some characters and personality developed into these just troopers that are these no name guys, I was just yeah. like, well, that's interesting. Well, so, and that's one of the things that I, I heard about the movie that I totally agree with. Like,
3: we. We got to see in the original trilogy and a lot of the other movies uh, the the heroes of the rebellion. This is a movie about the guys that don't get the medal ceremonies and things like that. You know, the characters that they do the the dirty work that needs to get done, but no one really usually remembers their names or anything like that. So, um, and I thought they did a good job of that with this movie. So. Mm um travis how about for you uh standout character or characters uh
1: my standout character uh and i i didn't do a lot of spoilers so i i didn't even know that he was going to be in it but the minute grand moff tarkin showed up on the screen i it took my breath away and I was I like, "Wait a minute, kid.
3: he's dead, right?" <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> Brittany, w- Britney was with me, and I, I literally it took my breath. I went, <gasps> <She> goes, <laughs> and "I goes, yeah. I go." It's Grandma Tarkin. She goes, "Yeah, he died." <laughs> no, no, no. In real life, honey, like in 1980, he died. Like <laughs> that's not really him. I said that's CG. So it was, it was really good to see a little more of his backstory, and and yeah. good to just see. Tarkin, you know, I I was always a big fan of him and what little he had, but just, you know, he's, he's evil, And it was good to see, you know, he just relentless and how, you know, he had his own goals as well as the major goals and he was going to get there by hook or by crook. So I enjoyed that a lot.
3: Uh, for for me, I, I'll I'll be the one that talks about the character. I have no problem. Uh, it was K2SO. He to me, K2SO was he spoke like C3PO, but he gave a voice to R2D2. <laughs> like if <laughs> if R2D2 could talk, he would sound That's like a K2SO. Good way to say it. <laughs> yeah, it was like the sarcastic comments he would make was just like, well, I guess I'll go wait by the ship. You know, like <laughs> like like if basically saying if I wasn't here, you'd all be dead right now. Um, so, like, he was just, yeah, I mean, that's just the way I saw him. I was like, this is the blend of the two droids that I've been following all, you know, all along. Um, so I absolutely loved him, and and he, I hate to say it, but he was the character I was most choked up dying about, you know, because it was like...
5: I totally agree. (laughs) Same here.
3: I was like, no, not him. Like, I wanted his personality to be sent up with the plans or something, because...
5: Well, especially, like, man, his last stand Yeah. was dramatic. So well done. Yes, so good.
3: He totally sacrificed himself. And oh, and I love the scene where uh, Jin Urso like shoots the one that's just like him. She, he goes, "How do you know that wasn't me?" <laughs> 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 um, uh, but yeah, yeah, he 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 had that last stand, which was just awesome. Like he was still doing his job, and like guys were like troopers were coming in the door, and he was just was not even looking at them and shooting them. And I mean, it was just so cool. And then just to see, and they did such a perfect job of, like, and this is true for a lot of the Star Wars movies, like, you almost could see expression on the face of something that doesn't have an expression. Like, yeah. his head's laying there, and his eyes just go out, and you're just, like, much like Vader when he picked up the Emperor was watching his son getting electrocuted before they threw in the stupid no there. Like, there was so much expression in Vader's face, and it was a mask. Um, that's how I felt with K2SO. There was so much expression, but there was no expression. Um, so I really enjoyed that character so much. Um,
5: I think I think the, to kind of speak to that point very quickly. Yeah. Like as a visual storyteller, that is one of the hardest challenges, and you re, you start to recognize um, the deeper qualities of like just body language and the such, like the subtle things we do that we you don't really think about or pick up on until you have to focus on it. So, like, a slight tilt of the head or just um, a little twitch, you know, here or there. I never even thought about anything of it until I had to draw uh, the Snake Eyes book, where you literally have a character who doesn't talk and you don't see his face, but he's the leading man in a book. Right. And you're like, well, how are we going to convey what this guy thinks, you know? And it has everything to do with body language. Yep. Um, And so it's, and, like, say, the camera angles you use and that kind of stuff. And and you're right. Like Star Wars has always done a good job with that. And I think, uh, you know, the this has a lot to his character design and to, um, I was he motion captured for that. Yes, yes. Because I mean that has a lot to do with his acting. You know, Alan Tudyk's like literal body language acting to convey emotion, even though you can't see facial expression. Yeah.
3: And then the other other character I loved was the the lead character Jenner. So I felt like I learned a lot about her. I feel like there's more to learn about her uh, as far as how she was trained and everything else. I think you could do a miniseries in the comics or uh, even a series in the comics uh, for a while uh, about her being trained and growing up and everything else. Um, I thought she was extre- I, I thought she was an extremely strong character. Had a great personality uh, as far as like just you know. Uh, who she was, like she was she was that just that strong character that what that emanated being a leader like it's it's the typical again typical star wars it 's the lead the leader character that is the reluctant leader character like she she's like i you know she 's not looking to lead these people, but hey, when no one else is going to step up and do the job and it needs to get done she 's going to do it, um and people follow her because of that, so um Uh, And we saw that at the end when she's like, We have to do something, and everyone shows up going, Okay, where are we going? Um, Mm -hmm. So that was awesome. Uh, And then a super, super minor character, but a character that every time he was on screen just cracked me up. I don't even know what the character's name is, but the little pig guy with the Gatling gun. Uh I
4: love that character. What was that? Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, wait. uh, The pig guy that was. The one that shot up the adat, or the one that was part of Saul's group?
3: Yes, both of them,
4: because <laughs> well, there's two, two different characters there. Okay. The little guy, the little one, um, th- w- that was Warwick Davis's character was was uh, Saul was part of Saul's group. Yeah, the other guy, I don't remember the other guy's name. I could tell you the other one that had all the teeth.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's,
4: okay. That's how or Peo or.
3: But I love I I love <laughs> I love that, um, you know, the whole ambush thing that was happening on uh on the one uh city uh there. I, I don't mm-hmm. I don't know all the places' names by right now, but uh I've I've just gotten to the point where I've learned a lot of the characters' names. <laughs> um so, but yeah, it it was just, uh, there were little things like that that I really enjoyed throughout the movie, but yeah, the two main characters that really stood out for me were K2SO and Jyn Erso, and I, and I think they kind of wanted those to be the standout characters for a lot of for yeah. the general audience. Um, you know, Cassian was awesome, I, I wanted to learn more about him, we got one little line about his past, uh, which was cool, uh, but I'd like to learn more about him and why he's with the Rebellion and stuff, so... Uh, those will be books yeah. now uh, you also mentioned with Krennic the one thing I really loved with, with Krennic was much like Vader was at the beginning of A New Hope when he stepped on the screen you knew he was the bad guy I felt the same way with Krennic when we first saw him it's like okay this is the bad guy and the line that he delivered let me know that when he was saying to Galen or so, uh, we were so close to peace and he's like you didn't want peace you wanted terror and he goes well you had to start somewhere I was like, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, you're the asshole, <laughs> <laughs> and you're okay with that. So, um, and and like you said, uh, uh, Travis, uh, seeing more of Tarkin's backstory was really cool too. So, uh, you know, kind of seeing where he was in the hierarchy and and all that, that was really cool. So, all right, any? Uh, so now, uh, I know you mentioned like some plot points, or where do we want to go with this?
5: Uh, well, okay, so, um...
3: Any weak characters for anybody? How about that? Is there anyone that you wasn't very strong? I definitely have one, so...
5: I, I don't... My, somebody that stood out to me was Mon Mothma. Yeah. Mothma, sorry. Um, is that, I mean, she was there, and it seemed like she was the go-to leader of this council, but... She just deferred, you know, all the time, and she didn't seem like – it seemed like everybody else had the ideas, and so she kind of seemed like a figurehead, and I was glad she was in the movie, but – you know what I mean? Like yeah. yeah. Between the books and the previous movies, I always felt like she was kind of like what Princess Leia would aspire to become or right. would become. right. And I just – man, she just seemed – weak in compared to maybe, I think she's probably been built up in the expanded universe.
4: Yeah. Well, I, I think that's also more nature of, clearly, the alliance at that point is more of a like a true type of democracy, where if you don't have a consensus, that's
5: a good point. it doesn't
4: yeah. happen. Right. Therefore, it's not a, a weakness, because when you see her then go over and talk to Bale, and they've mentioned Kenobi and, and a couple other things, clearly that she's still got things running, but with the way the alliance is set up at that moment and clearly it has morphed and changed dramatically by the time Jedi comes around right um, when you see her originally it's it's clearly yeah. a different political situation than it was where at the beginning think of it more along the lines of like the senate at the beginning of Phantom Menace where it's basically ineffectual because they can't agree on anything
5: yeah, yeah. that's true
4: that's mm. a good, a good point Um,
5: So I think it was just me kind of expecting too much because because I remember her as we see her at the end point. Yeah. So this gives her character room, you know, to kind of grow in the situation to change. But yeah.
3: Um, I know the character was a bit weak for me, which was sad for me because I really like the actor was uh, Saw Gerrera for me was a bit of a weaker character. Um, Number one, I got I found his voice a bit grating Uh, after a while. I was like, can you just talk Um, instead of. Raspy voice the whole time, um, and I understand why he had the raspy right. voice, but it was just getting a little bit too much for me. But I also never really saw him do anything. Like he is supposed to be the extreme rebel, but I didn't really see him do much of. Himself being the extreme person. Well,
5: it was so. like the only thing he did was like he put that pilot there to get his brain sucked. Right. And then they're like, "Oh, it's going to screw your brain up." And yeah. I was like, "Well, maybe that is pretty intense." But yeah. then that guy kind of shakes it off, and he's all right for the rest of it. Yeah. So I was like, "Well,
3: which maybe that, that wasn't that as big cre- of a deal." Which <laughs> that creature was weird to begin with. So uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I could have done without it. That's my favorite. weakest character. Is, it, is that is that weird creature? Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. So it was like, <laughs> yeah, it was. It was really not needed. <laughs> like you could have done like. Something else other than that, but, um, but yeah, that was that was an odd creature. Uh, any anything, any other like weak weak characters
1: for anyone or? I didn't think really. I thought all the characters did their job,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and we got a lot of backstory. And but I feel like I, I'm at the point where, like Ryan, where you just said, like I can describe who some of these characters are, but I don't know their names. And it was so just at times like bang 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 it's like oh okay there's the ninja guy and this and that and i know that that's horrible but it just everything just got dropped on you kind of like what grub said so quick that it was hard to absorb it's like okay who's this who's that oh it's the guy with the white tuxedo jacket and he's a bad guy and then there's Jin's dad and it just yeah it was so much i feel like I mean, they all played their part, and they all did what they needed to do to move the story along. Um, I just wish there could have been just a little bit more character development to where when I walked out, I wouldn't have gone, oh, man, who was that? Or it, it, things like that. Yeah,
3: Yeah, and like you said, for me, I, I've learned who the characters are, but it, it is one of those things like I'm hoping that I will learn more about these characters through some other media. Uh, obviously, I'm not going to learn more about them through the movies, but I'm I want to I'm hoping that maybe some comics are going to come out and some books are going to come out with these characters, even if they're like just some short stories or something like that would be cool, uh, so I can learn a little bit more about who these characters are and their background and how they got there. Because yeah, Donnie Yen's character of Chirrut, like I, I know enough about the character to enjoy the character in the movie, but I don't really know what got him to be following the Force and why he's blind. as he been blind his whole life? Uh, I I don't know. Uh, how did he meet up with uh, with his partner? Um, and that's been a thing, too. Like, people, and I don't know what your guys' are thoughts about this, and I don't really care one way or the other, but people are like, yeah, their embrace was a little bit more than just uh, buddies. Like, so people are speculating, were, are they gay, or were they gay characters, and he just lost his lover? Like, I'm like, I don't know, but
4: I don't really care. Uh, like uh, if it I was, never considered or, that. Yeah, I'm like, I had neither. Yeah, because they were both guardians of the wills, which means
2: yeah.
4: clearly they've they have known each. They're from they're from there. Yeah. They work in the same place. Yeah. They're clearly like I think it's more like a brotherly yeah. situation. Mm-hmm. At
1: least like that's for how me. I picked it up, like a brothers in the trenches type thing. Yeah. I've gone through you know so much with you.
3: Yeah. I mean, and for me it doesn't if, matter either way. I mean I'm just like if it was, you know, saying goodbye to your your partner or if it was by saying goodbye to your brother, it does you know, to me it doesn't really change. It was still an emotional moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and and a really cool moment. So Um Which let's face I, it, the whole walking across the field and just saying, <laughs> I am the force, the force is with me, like and not getting blasted, I had that going in my mind when I was watching A New Hope again and seeing C-3PO and R2-D2 going across the (laughs) corridor, of the blockade runner and the blasters are shooting.
1: (laughs) So, was he a Jedi?
4: No. No. No, okay. Force-sensitive, most likely. Jedi, absolutely not. He, okay, trusted well, it course, he was talking
1: but... about the crystals and what do you yeah, I, know about the crystals? you
4: can see that's the thing about the Star Wars universe is the Jedi are one religion of force users. Right. There's a gazillion different ways of
2: species wow.
4: and planets that look at things. Yep. So Okay. Um, but like but anybody in theory could be force sensitive. So I think he was just a force sensitive. Yeah but
5: yeah had- i think that if he was like found as a young child in a different era he would have been trained
4: right. yes uh, right.
5: to to some degree i mean cuz there's people who are force sensitive to a small degree and they might just get an inkling of a bad vibe and then that's the extent of it or it might be so far in the background they're just a better fighter pilot than the other guys but people attribute it to just natural selection and being better at something but and then and then you have the higher scale where obviously people are moving things with their brain and manipulating right. minds and stuff and they're six years old you know so it's like there's you know there's that whole scale and he could have been anywhere on that scale I think being blind probably heightens his senses helps him to yeah. become more attuned because of that but he doesn't have you know he didn't grow up in a time or an era where there was somebody to train him yeah uh, even if he had been found or was like on a planet where a you know, a, a Jedi would find him and recognize him as a Force sensitive. So
3: yeah, well, and and it's and to Grubbs' point too, I think they've been really Disney in general has really been trying uh, to kind of broaden the idea of who uses the Force and how do they use the Force. I mean, you have Kylo Ren who is not a Sith. I mean, and all we ever knew before was, oh, if you're a dark Jedi, you're a Sith. And if you're a, uh, you follow the light side, you're a Jedi. Well, now yeah. it's kind of broadening out a little bit more. Like we have the Knights of Ren, which are not Sith, and we have now Donnie Yen's character, who is not a Jedi, but he obviously follows the light side of the Force. Uh, so, uh, so it's it's interesting, and I actually kind of like that because it makes sense in these type of worlds. It's kind of like what I was saying with. You know, seeing the rebellion, seeing the extremists in the rebellion, because there would be extremists in the rebellion. That even the rebellion's like, yeah, they're a little too extreme for us. It's kind of the same thing with the Force. There's going to be different levels and different groups that follow the Force differently, and then there's going to be the groups like Han Solo's character in A New Hope, who's like, I've seen a lot of things, but I haven't seen anything that makes me think <laughs> there's a Force out there. You know, so um, so I, I like that those different layers are out there now. So,
5: well, and Star Wars initially was one of the things that made it so accessible Was it was so clearly good versus evil. Yeah. I mean, people were good or they were bad. And it was so easy to tell who was who and to make those, um, you know, uh, observations. And then that also makes it so great to see Darth Vader's kind of arc, his story yeah. arc. Yep. Uh, because he crosses over from that. Yep. Um, But I think, you know, so that's great, and we have that, and I think that's still kind of a treasured part of that initial trilogy. But then, that said, we can now kind of develop on top of that and find those nuances and expand, you know, make this world a little more relatable to the stuff that we go through, and that kind of builds on the reality of, you know, getting us invested in the...
3: Yeah. Well, and you get that almost right away in this movie with Cassie and Andor, he's getting those, that yeah. information from the guy, and then the guy's like, well, I'm not going to be able to climb up there because my arm, and he goes, okay, and he shoots the guy, and it's like, wait, is this
5: supposed <laughs> to be the good a- guy? <laughs> I know, that was yeah. an intense way to introduce that character, I was like, dang, Like they I- did not hold back.
4: I didn't realize what happened at first, the first time I saw it. Uh, okay. I was like, like all of a sudden, like I blinked or I must've grabbed my cup or something to take a drink. And all of a sudden he's, <laughs> he's like, he's dead. I'm like, what the, f- what happened? And I was like, did
2: you shoot him? Yeah.
4: Um, yeah. And, that- and I heard a reviewer that actually said like his
3: first thought was, okay, he's going to shoot the guy in the arm to make it seem like, uh, so when the troopers show up, it's going to be like, oh, okay, he's wounded and that guy got away, go get him or something like that. But no, he just killed him. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like oh you're a liability okay boom I can't we can't let anyone else get this information that you just told me so um yeah it was it was definitely a darker side we haven't seen and but but a more realistic side too like hey we can't let this information get out sometimes someone has to do the dirty work so um, mm-hmm. and then that also established the character later though because he was sent to kill Galen and it's like so then you kind of see that character develop because he wasn't able to kill Galen or so. Um, whereas I think if he was still the character you saw at the beginning of the movie, he would have shot Galen or so without even thinking about it. So. Um, and how awesome, speaking of shots, how awesome was it to see uh, Chirrut, which was Donnie Yen's character, shoot a bowcaster style weapon at a TIE <laughs> fighter and take it out and he's blind. Like, that was just awesome.
5: See, I think that that's that's like the, the biggest um, attribute to him being force sensitive, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, that that's totally something a Jedi would pull off and yep. that was my son's like I think it was his favorite moment in the movie. I was there like, are "Oh my gosh, of, he totally blew up that tie fighter." Yeah.
4: There are a lot of instances in this movie where Chirrut does something yeah. and you can see the reactions on the character other characters around him face like, "How the hell did you just do that?" <laughs> <Right>. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. makes sense. You know, they're, and they're all trying to figure it out. Like, what, what's going on? Yeah. You know? Well, and
3: speaking of him being blind, I actually laughed out loud big time when they put the bag over his head, and he's like, he's like, oh. He's like
5: "Oh, come on!" I'm glad they didn't overdo the the blind jokes because yeah. that's like you can't have a blind person in the movie without having loads of blind jokes. Right. But that one was actually like well placed, and they didn't do it too much, so that was like really. Well-
4: well, I that. think that was the only actual blind joke. Yeah, yeah, I think right, so. And there right. was a
5: couple others where I was like, "Oh, here it comes," and then they didn't do it. I was like, Huh, oh, they didn't yeah. do it." Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> um, so let's talk about some of the little nods, I guess, that happened throughout the movie and and what our thoughts were with them. So uh, and I might not even have caught all of them because again, I've only seen it once. And I, uh, but so the one early. One was obviously we got Ponda Baba and Doctor Everson. That's one of the ones that irritates
4: me. Really, I wow. Yeah, it's I don't. It's it's not so much that they're there. It's that they're on Jeddah, and and that freaking city explodes like an, like like twenty minutes later. Uh, How the hell did they get off?
5: Yeah. Well, there was wow. there were ships coming in and out
4: like yeah. constantly but the whole time. They were, but they were all Imperial cargo or TIE fighters.
1: Yeah, but there's going to be a Ponda Baba movie coming. Maybe up. I you don't know. I mean, I've had <laughs> the expectation. This is one
4: of those ones. I'm like, okay, neat that they're there, but totally unnecessary.
3: Yeah, but when they panned in the that, city, they were showing different ships kind of flying in and out too. It wasn't just
4: the Imperial uh, ships I just remember them when all. Well, what's
5: see- what's their backstory? Are they cargo pilots? Like, I don't they know what their backstory like, is. They're the Empire? They're, done, you know they're I mean? wanted just men.
3: criminals. Yeah, they're wanted they men in twelve systems. Yeah. <laughs> it
5: sounds I like they get
3: that
4: around the systems.
5: I think the only uh, explanation is like if you only see like imperial cargo ships, maybe they're pilots or something, you know, moving stuff.
4: Or they were uh, trying to steal stuff, so they smuggled yeah. themselves onto a ship or something. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's an easy explanation. It's just, I was just like, oh. Okay, that was unnecessary.
3: The thing I liked about it was it was a brief moment, like, and if you were a fan, you you or at least saw the first movie, the uh, first Star Wars movie, you're like, you at least recognized them, uh, and it wasn't overly done like they could have been they could have chewed up some of the screen time and they didn't they were on like literally for a second on the screen and that's kind of what I liked.
5: yeah about. but what do you think about him saying almost the exact same thing like when he bumps into me he's like watch yourself you know it's like yeah. you think he says that to literally everybody he bumps into <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah I think that's who he is yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm just glad Ponda Baba made it through a movie with both arms
5: <laughs> <laughs> um, what if he got his other arm cut off in <laughs> this movie, and then what we didn't know was that that was his bionic arm for A New right. Hope, and then Obi Wan cuts off his other real arm. <laughs> he, got <a> <laughs> gra- he
3: got a
0: new one
5: grafted
3: on, or something like that. yeah,
5: this. exactly.
3: It was a brand new. And this guy arm can't movie. win. <laughs> um, and then I don't know if there was a whole lot before the end of the movie. Do you guys remember any other like cameos before like before we start seeing like three PO and all that stuff?
4: Uh... uh Cameos, yes. okay. There, cool. were, there were nods to things, or nods, or yeah. even nods to things. Yeah. What? Uh, there were multiple references to the rebels with the ghost. Yes. Uh, General General Sandula report to the briefing room. Yep. Uh, Chopper rolling by. Yep. Uh, I believe R two K T is seen on screen briefly. Yes. Yeah. Um, there was. Uh,
1: I don't trust any, or I hope whoever you're going to give this to, you trust, and uh, Organa was like, well, I would trust her with my life. Yeah,
4: whatever. which was
3: obviously Leia. Um, right. Uh, and then
5: there was an Obi-Wan reference in there as yes, well.
4: in the same scene, yeah. Uh, where...
5: what, what was the Obi-Wan reference? I didn't catch that one.
4: She said something along the lines of, um, we, we need to bring in your, your friend, the Jedi. Yeah, I uh, oh, has okay. been in hiding, but yes, we'll get a hold of him. And that's when she makes a line about, "Do you? Tr- who do you? You know, I." That's where the I, "I trust her with my life" comment comes in. Right. Okay. So there was a, that... initially a reference to Obi Wan, and then a, a reference to
3: Leia right after that. So. Yeah. Which some people a... I know, like I think Chuck and or, or Nick or somebody had mentioned that they thought that that was a reference to Ahsoka because they mentioned Jedi and then her, and I was like, yeah. no, no, they're talking about two different characters there. They're talking about Obi Wan mm-hmm. and and. Uh, leia so
5: one of my favorite throwaway line nods was when the two stormtroopers are walking by and they're talking about how it's like hey have you heard of they're going to retire the the whatever speeder like the two the one that you're talking about in the yeah Yeah, and then so then they're like oh oh, man it's about time so like that throwaway line and then when you watch a new hope the two guys are saying, "Hey, have you seen the new whatever?" Spirit? Yes. I was like, "Oh, that's the best!" Yeah, because it's just like a throwaway line yes. in the New Hope, so they kind of mirror it. But it's like that's chronologically, cool. it makes sense that they're in this movie. They're talking about retiring the old one. Oh yeah, that's about time. Yeah, and in the new one, they're like, "Have you seen the new one?"
1: And <laughs> I like,
4: would yeah.
5: completely miss that one.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah I, just,
4: I did hear that one. They're just two dudes walking by, and and yeah. and they're. They're talking about it. Yeah.
3: yeah, and I absolutely loved, loved that uh, once again. And again, it didn't come across as forced at all. But once again, of course, we got the line. I got a bad feeling
4: about this. <laughs> got to be was, in uh, every Star Wars movie. <laughs> there was the Imperial probe droid that was on Jeddah.
5: Yes, I didn't see um, that.
4: It was. It's at one point one of the city scenes. They're walking through, and you actually hear it before yeah. you see it, and then oh, it just cool. kind of drifts in the background. Then there was that um, that other weird, like bug-eyed kind of droid that was you see originally in the Sandcrawler. Uh, um, oh yeah, see that on Jetta. There was a Gonk droid in the background at one I
3: point. I did see the Gonk droid. The the probe droid. The only reason I even knew to look for it was exactly what you're saying. Was I was hearing it first. I was like, is that a
4: probe droid? <laughs> yeah, that's the same thing. I heard. I'm like, there's a pro- oh, there it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There were just there were a ton of these little things that. Uh, so many of them were blank and they're gone. Yeah, so which is why it, 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 for the me track is, them all. Yeah,
3: well, and it's oh, why for um, me, it's one of those movies that I'm like, oh, I need to watch this multiple times because I'll catch something every single time I watch it. So, uh,
1: kind of a, a precursor to New Hope, but um, we saw Red Five die. Yes.
4: yes. Yeah. Red Five. Right.
5: That was, was a cool moment. Yeah.
4: Gold Leader and Red Leader was literally the the moments when I was. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, the audience I went and saw it with uh, was applauding
3: big time when those two guys showed up on screen. Uh, so that was awesome. And the thing here's the thing I liked about that having them in there was it showed that these guys were actually survivors and pilots in a battle. It wasn't like for a new mm-hmm. hope where it's like. Oh, these they 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 died. Like you know, they they didn't really do, put up a whole lot of a, of a fight. Um, this you got to see. They they were actually really good pilots, and they were actually good fighters. Uh, so it kind of again, we're going to talk about how this affects a new hope uh, later. But you know, it plays into that. Um, but yeah, I loved to your point, Travis. I loved how kind of this movie kind of explained why Luke was able to move into the Red Five position because Red Five died. So. Uh, so I thought that was really cool. Um, of course, we had to see 3 po on RTD2
4: for that's that's the other one that irritated me. Really?
1: Yeah, that one kind of bugged me. Totally totally well. I, I felt like I
4: just threw that in there. I, I just, thought oh, they here you go. I'm like, oh.
3: I thought they threw them in there, but it made sense that they were there. And again, for me, it, it they would, were there for a second, so it didn't really. It,
4: it would have made more sense to me to have them when the at the very end when you when you see Leia that they're standing in the background.
2: Yeah.
4: Right. Yeah, that or
5: like off to the side, or me. yeah,
4: they didn't have yeah, to exactly. say anything, I, just right there in that room.
3: Yeah, you know, uh, or didn't, didn't bother me, but um,
5: there oh, was, I, I also liked when they were when they were prepping that ship, uh, Leia's ship. They're like could just prepare like the uh, escape pods and all these things, like yeah, um, just little setup lines, like the throwaway lines that really set up a new hope and the events yeah. that happen.
4: Yeah. The rumor is the guy who did the voiceover for uh, Wedge in the in Star Wars was did voiceover work for this, but it wasn't in the movie because that was the one I kept waiting for. I'm like, come on, come on, somebody mentioned Wedge, somebody <laughs> mentioned Wedge, and I was so disappointed that it didn't yeah. happen. Yeah. Uh, now, um,
3: this I think we've touched on pretty much all the cameos and nods that we could think of, um, but the big, obviously big cameo of sorts uh and there's been a lot of backlash about this but uh, uh Tarkin what were your guys thoughts about Tarkin
5: hmm. I think um kind of similar I, I remember you guys talking about it a long time ago but I had forgot so then when I saw him I was like oh yeah and then what I, I think knowing I'd be interested to hear from somebody you know like your your wife who wasn't as aware that uh you know, just about the character or, you know, like that it was CG without telling him it's CG, like how well it holds up. You know what I mean? But knowing it's CG, you're looking for the imperfections.
1: Yeah.
5: Or the it's too perfect or whatever it is that makes it stand out as CG instead of a real person.
1: Uh, she didn't. There were She didn't. under well, She didn't. Even after telling her, she she second guessed me.
5: So oh, she so she thought it was just completely real.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it she didn't thought, think anything thought, of it. Yeah, she thought it was real because we talked about it like very briefly after that first scene. And I said, "Honey, he's he died." And she went, "Yeah, they all died." And I went, "No, no, no." In like nineteen eighty, like after the original Star Wars, that yeah. actor is dead. That I think he died in uh, ninety four.
3: I think is when he died.
5: Uh-huh. Well, even if he didn't die, he doesn't. He didn't age a day. If- right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, she she didn't. Uh, it was so. We didn't see it in IMAX or 3D, though. I have heard that it's easier to, to catch some yeah. of those CG flaws in IMAX. We just saw it standard, but uh, yeah. even though I knew it wasn't him, I, I, I couldn't tell. I, I was. It yeah. gave me hope that, you know, when we see some of these other one-offs, that we're going to still be able to live in the Star Wars galaxy. Mhm be able to see some of these people and some of these characters and i i I thought it was great yes
3: um i will say for for me with the whole tarkin thing it was uh, i had co-workers that didn't know that he he was it was a dead actor um i saw it i I saw it in imax 3d and you could tell the cg i didn't care that it was cg uh because obviously once i saw the character i was like well obviously did something to me, this was the example of uh, what I was saying earlier, which is Star Wars has always pushed the envelope of technology. We've seen CG characters before, but in my opinion, we have never seen a CG character at this level. Um and no, I, for I, sure. I think it's a game changer for movies because you know it's only going to get better uh, as, as more they do it more and more. So I was thoroughly impressed. I don't even know how the hell they did it because it sounded like Tarkin. It looked like Tarkin. I'm like, did they get a voice actor? Eric, you might know. I don't know if you've done research on it or not, but...
4: It's two different there's the voice actor and then there's a, they actually they had a stand in actor okay. for Tarkin that they did uh mo- motion capture for basically and then the voiceover I mean, was spot on. Yeah, it sounded like Peter
3: Cushing. <laughs>
0: like, yeah, it
3: was <laughs> Um so it blew me away and I thought the mannerisms were there. I thought I just thought it was absolutely very well done. Um the and if I'm am I right in saying that the two pilots
4: uh were also C G no. No. Okay. Those those were the t- red leader and and gold, gold leader were actually was or well blue leader was different but yeah. um a golden red leader were those were scenes cut from the original trilogy. Those those were uh, filmed okay. back in the 70s gotcha. and they were never no used. Way. That's awesome. So they reinserted them and I I don't and they, they cleaned oh, them up digitally but yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> because the gold leader's dead, but yeah. uh, McGinnis, the guy who was, uh, I'm sorry, red leader's dead. Gold leader, Al, uh, something, is, Angus McGinnis, I think is his name, is still alive. Okay. Um because I was actually supposed to, uh, a buddy of mine was going to a convention and he was supposed to be there to sign stuff and I need his autograph still. Exactly. But he uh, no showed or canceled or whatever. Okay. But, yeah, so.
3: Now, the the Leia one at the very end looked probably the most CG of anything, but I mm-hmm. still liked it. I, I thought we were never even going to see her face. I thought we were just going to see some woman standing there in white.
5: Yeah, because they have those first couple of screenshots of like you see her from the side. First, you see her from the back, then you see her from the side. I was like, okay, I'm fine with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was fine. And then you saw panel, I was like, whoa. And yeah. then I knew, obviously, you can't help but see that. And obviously, no, it's CG because of, you know, right. it's like her right. when she's 19 years old. Right. And you're just like, okay. But um. But I still thought, I thought it was it well was, done. You know. Me too. I thought it was well done. I like, I'm glad they weren't trying to fit her into more of the movie because, it, yeah. you know, that would have been forced. But yeah. like, for, as a brief moment, that was, that was cool. I thought it was yeah. fun. I agree.
4: Having the first time I saw it was IMAX 3D, and it was. It's a mix. It's amazing the technology that they were able to pull it off, Mm -hmm. but I could tell it was CG. Sure. Yeah. And it was. It threw me off just enough that I'm like. This is really cool, but it's still just a little bit jarring enough to make me go. it could have been a little better. Yeah.
5: See, yeah, and I saw it standard also, and I think that's the difference. Like if you see it standard, like typical film, I think it looks pretty good. It looks really good, especially Tarkin, and yeah. Tarkin yeah. better than Leia. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I'm sure if you if you saw it 3D IMAX, you're going to see every kind of nuance and detail that seems just a little off. And I think it's mostly with the mouth. Like the eyes look fantastic. Yeah. Like they, they pepper the skin with so much texture, it's almost sometimes almost too much texture.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: But um, the mouth, whatever for whatever reason, there's just so much subtle muscles and nuances of the mouth that can't quite. You know, that's what they're missing. Yeah. In my opinion.
3: And I wonder if they'll even touch it up one, before the video release. Um, like if they'll
5: possible. They'll know.
3: do even more work because I know they've done that before with some stuff. So I'm kind of curious. Yeah. Uh, Sam, what did you think when you saw Tarkin?
2: Uh, Tarkin looked really good to me. I thought it was standard, or I saw it in standard. Um, I, I, I had a trouble picking, uh, even though it was in a CGI. Okay. Uh, Leia looked really off to me though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it's one of those things, like I said,
3: it was like, I knew that Peter Cushing was dead, but when I saw it, I questioned it for just a second. <laughs>
5: He's like, Wait a yeah. minute! Has he been in a time capsule? And, well, like, and, and not even so much. Did they freeze this guy? Well, not even so much
3: seeing him because I, I realized it was CG. Because like I said I did see an IMAX 3D, so I was like, okay, that's definitely CG. But I was like, I was like, but man, that voice is so spot on. Could it be Peter Cushing? And I was like. No, and like I, I was like, no, he's died. I know he died. And of course, I leave,
0: <laughs>
5: I leave
3: the theater and I, and I Google it, and I'm like, yeah, he died in '94. What the hell?
5: <laughs> I love that. Mm-hmm. It, I love that it made you kind of second guess it. Right. But I just, I think you know, obviously, he's, even if he didn't die in '94, he would be a hundred, you know, plus years old. There's just no way he could still voice it man. could be the same guy. So <laughs> anybody who knows Star Wars, you know, like. All of us nerds, like anybody who just knows Star Wars, even in general, the second you see them on screen, you're like, "Oh, that's CG," because you know, right? You know, those actors are dead or old now, or, right. or or whatever, and it's not, um, it it just can't in reality be possible. So the only other explanation is it's CG, and the second that clicks in your brain, you're looking for the imperfections, right. and you're looking for those nuances that aren't quite right you but know? the general but audience that
3: doesn't know
5: yeah i don't know how many of them would pick up on it right and and to be honest i think they spent way more time uh perfecting um general tarkin because he had more screen time right mm. i almost wonder if it was an afterthought to show leia's face yeah uh because then maybe they didn't have as much time to do it um And then the other thing I think of is just when I draw, when I draw, like drawing somebody who's older is way easier because of all the extra lines and details to draw them and make them look consistent and to show more character. Drawing a really smooth, you know, like female face, young female face or a baby or something like that is incredibly harder because you can't use all the nuanced details of lines and texture to, you know, help emote and to like sh- and show the character through so i yeah. think probably that's part of it too you know if you have a cgi baby it's probably the creepiest thing you've ever
3: seen <laughs> <laughs> they need to make a horror movie just called cgi yeah. babies
5: <laughs> i would not watch that
1: um, thinking of the dancing baby video a- from the AOL days oh, gotcha. oh, oh my god
3: <laughs>
1: how far we've come
3: um uh, so, yeah, I still use AOL.
5: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've got oh, mail. Man,
3: some of us have come, yeah. So, um, so do we, do we want to start talking about how this impacted A New Hope, or is there anything else from the movie that you guys wanted to talk
1: about?
5: Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and talk about The New Hope, and then instead of like going through the movie chronologically, we can just talk about set pieces that we really like, Yeah, yeah. Or, or we thought were impactful or something. But, yeah, I, I wanted to have The New Hope discussion a bit. Yeah.
3: Um, well, I will say I watched A New Hope, uh, last night because kind of in honor of Carrie Fisher and I had been wanting to watch it since, uh, seeing Rogue One. Uh, for me, uh, kind of like what you were saying earlier, Robert, with the, uh, that A New Hope was a different pacing and everything else because of the time period it was filmed and everything else. Yeah. What Rogue One kind of did for me is it almost mentally or psychologically increased the pace of the movie for me. Yeah. Yeah, like it felt more urgent now. Like every scene felt more urgent. <laughs> and especially
5: I think,
0: the uh, beginning. Yes,
5: yeah, yeah, the beginning, beginning. oh, because that that intensity carries right over yeah. into it. And then also the, um, for me, the 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 X wing kind of space fight, the yes. space battle at the end. Yeah. You know, again, just kind of the intensity of this of the last, uh, you know, Force Awakens and this movie. It just residually you're thinking of that as you watch the you know, the the old stuff and you don't you know you're not so just
3: Well and what that did for me too with the with the X Wings is it made me realize why there were so few pilots. Uh yeah. because there wasn't mm. a lot attacking in the trench run and I'm like but then you're like, well yeah they were all like there were so many in rogue one that and a lot didn't survive that then you go to the trench run, there's not as many pilots left anymore. So Yeah. So that made sense to me. The like even this the little minute things that obviously obviously this was a movie that was created in seventy seven you know, or released in yeah. seventy seven. Like and so I'm looking at things retrospectively, but like even the moment like we were saying at the very beginning of the movie, where Vader comes on to the blockade runner and he's looking at the dead bodies of the rebel troopers means something different now because he just <laughs> yeah. slaughtered a bunch of them. Now he's walking <laughs> into a ship and he's seeing a bunch of dead bodies, and he actually does look down at them, and then he moves on. And I'm like, yeah, now that, that little scene that meant <laughs> nothing before means so much more to me now. <laughs> yeah. How about uh, the rest of you guys jump in? Like, What what did this movie do for you when it came to seeing A New Hope now? Uh, I don't know if any of you guys watched. Well, I know Eric did, but did you any of you guys watch it since seeing Rogue One or think about it?
1: I'm going to be watching it here in the next couple of days. Um, I'm, I'm going to kind of do what Robert and his son did. Uh, I've come across an extra couple of days off this week, and uh, I'm going to have a marathon day of everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but it did. Uh, leaving the theater, I wanted to come home and immediately watch uh, Star Wars. Yeah. It, and it's like you guys have already said, it created. More of a sense of urgency throughout the, you know, for episode four. And yeah. then uh, what was what was her ship, the Carillion Corvette? What was
4: that? Yeah, the was blockade that? runner, yeah. The Tantive IV. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, or Tantive I, Eve or whatever.
1: Yeah, I saw that and I went, oh, wow. Like, this is, I mean, literally, there, there's a ten-minute gap in between where this ends and where, you know, episode four picks up. And um, I didn't think that they would do that, but I'm very, very happy that they did because it just seems like I, – I can see after the first of the year, if they want to make more money with this, uh, releasing it as a double feature. Like, That's hey, see Rogue actually- One. Really? I, said, yeah, that was, I, I just uh... – <sighs> I saw
4: something. I want to say a couple of days after it got released, I forget where I saw, but they're talking about the potential of a re-release of Rogue One with A New Hope as a double feature. Nice. Oh
5: man, I would well, so they was, do that. I <laughs> think oh, they were still gosh. in talks
4: with with movie chains. You know, it would be it would be a specific ticketed thing. It wouldn't be yeah. like. Yeah. you know
5: yeah well, when, when they I, do that like I don't know if they do that with you guys but here locally whenever like a new uh, Avengers movie comes out or something like that then there'll be like you know marathon the marathon yeah the, the Marvel marathon or whatever and you can go and watch it like all day long and then it ends with the new movie but if so I think, do, yeah, they just work out those deals.
3: If they do that, what I want them to do is I want them to show Rogue One, and then I want them to not show the credits, and I don't want them showing the opening crawl. I want it literally to go from Rogue One right into A New Hope. Like, <laughs> yeah, definitely. That would be you, so You awesome. would need a breather
4: because of how long Rogue One is.
3: I don't need a breather. <laughs> yeah. Let's just, let's like, just I go. go. I need to go. No, let's just go. I don't need a breather. Let's just run right into the next movie. And we're just gonna go for a fun you, ride for four four or five hours. You need a pee. You need a pee break, though. No, I'll pee before, I'll pee before I go. I'll
0: bring now, a, a cafe. I
5: did. I did have to try and. I had to find a spot in Rogue One to go. Like I had to. I could. I was swimming. I just had to go. So like I'm like oh crap! I know if I leave, it's gonna be the worst moment. I'm gonna miss a major point. So. I think I left at probably one of the best spots I could have, is when they just left for the mission to go to the final battle, whatever that planet was, where they had the plans. Yeah. And they had just taken off.
3: Oh, then and I'm you like, missed the... they're no, just kidding.
5: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So I thought, I was like, uh-oh, they're talking about backstory or something, whatever they're going to talk about. I was like, I'm out. So yeah. ran to the bathroom, came back, and right as I came back, they were landing on the planet. Gotcha. So I, what I missed was them getting through the gate. Through the
2: shield.
5: Getting through the shield, which I, I, I'm i excited to go watch it again because I, I missed that point. And I also actually missed the very, very beginning of the movie because I was standing in line trying to get popcorn.
3: Oh, and that uh, reminds, oh, shit. That reminds yeah. me, how awesome was it seeing them push the Star Destroyer into the other Star Destroyer?
5: Oh, so <laughs> That so was great. Another, <laughs>
4: Easter that Easter That hammerhead was one of the coolest event. things.
5: Oh, the Hammerhead, yeah. Yeah, because
4: yeah. that... That's. I think that goes back to like the old Republic, like video type, you know, video game days. Like that yeah. design, it's been around a long time. Yeah. Now who who was expect who else was expecting to see Admiral Akbar
3: show up when you started seeing the calamaris? So, uh, I, well, he-
5: I was hoping so, but then I was like, oh wait, everybody's you know probably gonna. Yeah. I guess not everybody's gonna die, but I was right. like, oh man, I would have loved to have seen Akbar, but yeah, you know, we had to settle for his brother, whoever that dude. was. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Turkey next brother, right I know. <laughs> yeah,
3: but I will like I said for me, uh watching a new hope afterwards, it like the whole movie felt a lot more urgent because I was like, man, we just got these plans, and now they're back on the death star, they're in r two like all this like like it starts messing with your mind, like going like we literally just got these plans and and now they're like in trouble with these plans again. And like, even the little subtle things, I feel like they got right by looking at where things were in A New Hope because there's a line when they're going over the, the plans uh, and they're saying the uh, plans uh, analyzed by Princess Leia. So it wasn't that the plans were brought to them by Princess Leia, they were analyzed by Princess Leia.
0: Mm-hmm. So like, yeah.
3: those little lines I thought was like, okay, they were paying attention to all that type of stuff. And, for, and obviously the big thing that Rogue One does is it gets rid of the joke that was a new hope of why was there this one big shaft? Why would the empire create this thing with one shaft? Oh, that yeah. could possibly blow up everything on the death star. Well, obviously that was, they didn't know about it. They yeah. didn't know about it. They, this was planned by Galen Erso. So
1: that, that was my, my favorite part about it. It, it like, it was like one of the I know they didn't specifically talk about it in clerks, but that's like like you were saying, Ryan, that's that's been Star Wars lore for years and right. to now finally know that oh, that was intentional. Right. And they just it was just an oversight. So yep. I, I, I'm I've that's a good band aid, I feel something new to yep. to fix the the problems. Yeah.
3: And, and also like, cause, because we didn't, you know, to bring up one of uh, Chuck's favorite pilots, uh, I feel like Porkins was a last minute addition to the, <laughs> the trench run because we didn't see him in Rogue One. Uh, so, and they lost a lot of pilots in Rogue One. So like they were obviously filling in spots, uh, when they went to do the <laughs> trench run. So they, <laughs> they filled Luke in and they filled like, Hey, do you know how to fly Porkins? Sure. That, come on. So like, <laughs> So I feel like that's why he went down so quickly at the beginning of the trench run. So
4: Oh, well, most of the pilots we see are uh, blue squadron. Yeah. So you see very few of uh red and gold. Right. So if there's supposed to be 25, you know, 20 to 25 uh ships per uh squadron, you know, we, there's a, there's a lot of pilots we didn't see. Right. Right. Well, and then
3: the one thing too, and this has nothing to do with Rogue One, but of course I'm watching the You know, at the end of A New Hope, there's you know what uh, was it one two three three ships plus the Falcon that are leaving the Death Star after it's blown up.
4: Yeah, it's Luke, Wedge, and one Y-wing.
3: Right. Yet how and and it just I don't know why it never dawned on me before, but I was like, wait, why is why aren't Wedge and the Y-wing pilot part of the award medal ceremony? Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) Why is it why is it just Luke and Han and Chewie? Shouldn't they all be getting the medals? So there was not enough money in production for more than <laughs> three medals.
3: No. So, um, but yeah, like I said, I definitely recommend anyone out there if you saw Rogue One. Which at this point, if you're this far into the episode and haven't seen it, I don't know what's wrong with you, Um, (laughs) because we just spoiled everything. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, But uh, if I still haven't seen it yet, (laughs) (laughs) Sam's like, I just wanted to join. (laughs) We're talking about Rogue One. (laughs) Um, But if you if you haven't watched A New Hope after seeing Rogue One, I cannot recommend doing doing that because it it just it really does give a different. Uh, venue for that movie now.
5: Yeah, I think you. Did you mean to say I can't recommend not doing that? Yeah, because yeah. you're like I can't recommend doing that. <laughs> I I'm can't like, recommend
3: what? it enough. Let me put it that way. Okay, yeah, Robert, yeah.
5: there you go. Okay, I'm
1: glad Robert caught that because I thought he, I can't <laughs> recommend watching this. I'm like, no, wait a minute.
3: I, I get very excited when I talk sometimes, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I forget words.
5: <laughs> so I wanted to talk, talk about some some moments that like. Oh, that I wasn't expecting and I really loved was when uh, the rebel fleet they got the plans you're know, like oh okay great they're gonna get out of here and they all start <laughs> going into hyperspace or light speed to get out and then Darth Vader's star destroyer shows up and they just like smack into it I was oh, like yeah. oh snap like yeah. I wanted to be I wanted uh, <laughs> I wanted Ackbar's brother to be like. What the crap! <laughs> <laughs> that
4: thing. Yeah, a couple couple of them smashed into it. And that was then it crazy. Shot, and then it blew one of the frigates in half.
3: Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh,
0: that was, that so was good.
3: awesome. Yep. Um, I, that's love, that's I love one, like I love the one I love the one scene with uh, yeah. where they shoot the bazooka thing up at the the it's they're not AKs, oh, They're yeah. At
4: ACT is that what they were? Yeah, they're ACTs because yeah. they're car. Yeah,
5: because they're what? Because they're
4: what? cargo transports, right?
5: Oh, interesting. Yeah.
4: they're designed for cargo. Um, I mean, they have the weapons on them, but they're designed for cargo movement, movement, yeah. not uh, not combat. Per yeah. Se. And I love
3: how they they show it. They like just kind of shake off the bazooka, and I'm like, and they're like, oh, and they're like, holy crap, we're dead. And then the X wings come in, and it's like, oh, that was awesome. Yeah, rip it up. <laughs> yeah,
5: mm-hmm. that was that was a good moment. Like that was a. I mean we saw parts of that in the trailers, but that didn't take away from the drama of the moment too. Right. It was really good.
4: Well, we one, right Rebels face like oh God.
5: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well and
3: one of the one of the reviewers I watched uh, that talked about this I thought it was actually kind of a brilliant thing to mention was the reason why we see a lot of things like At-At Walkers later was because some of these things were destroyed on this planet, so they kinda of went back to the blueprints and were like, Okay, let's build it a little bit better. Um, so you, you did get to see like the early stages of some of these vehicles and troopers and everything else. So I thought that. But
4: well, also, it also explains why you don't necessarily see them. Period after this, because yeah, if Scarif is a specific garrison world where there's a lot of research yeah. type stuff going on, it makes sense. Like the shore troopers that you only ever see there because it's their you know specific. Um, the Death Troopers, because again, they're specific to the, right. the research branch. Yeah, you know those TIE Strikers, those weird, like flat-winged TIES that are apparently designed for um, atmospheric combat. You know, that's, there's a reason why you never see them because yep. they all got destroyed when the the Death Star shot the uh, you know the tidal wave did.
3: Oh, uh, how, I'm sure you guys, or maybe you guys haven't seen this, but have you seen the the talk? This goes back to the New Hope talk uh, about the the boardroom meeting and the Death Star and how there's that empty seat, empty
4: chair, empty chair, and now they're like, well, that was probably Krennic's, Krennic's.
5: chair. <laughs> oh, so awesome! Oh, uh, that's Oh, cool? there's
4: also there's also another somebody pointed out to me. One of the officers that's in that boardroom, um, when you're watching the A New Hope, he's actually kind of. At the bottom of the screen, on like on the left hand side, at one point, kind of uh-huh. like bottom left. Yeah. But he's bald, and he's got or mostly bald, and he's got like a very veiny head.
0: Uh-huh.
4: <laughs> that character, that character, actually has lines in row One. Oh, he's actually talks to Tarkin a couple of times, so okay. you'll see him. And then when you go and you watch New Hope, and when you know what the characters you're looking for, mm-hmm. you'll see him. Yeah. Oh, you're so like, DJ wow, CG
5: beautiful. is like his weird veiny it's, head.
4: It's a different different actor. Oh, okay. Makeup or something.
5: Man, that's like a casting search to find that. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, I mean, it's probably a pretty easy makeup thing to do. Well, they, uh, and
3: going back to something you mentioned way early on, Robert, I loved seeing, because uh, that, I assume, was Mustafar, right? Where Vader's yes. castle was. That's what his. I wondered.
4: Yeah, and, and Because it's the only one that's not named in the entire movie. Right.
3: Which, that was a little jarring, too, like, seeing the names of stuff, and I was like, okay. <laughs> but, but,
5: Especially considering there were so many location changes yeah. in quick succession. I was yeah. like, uh, I
3: don't yeah. it was,
5: But otherwise, how do you keep it straight? Too? Right. So. But,
3: uh, but seeing, uh, like, an acolyte, I assume, of Vader, like, showing up and, you know, reporting to him was like, even that type of stuff, I want to learn more about that. Like,
4: I assume that guy was like his Bib Fortuna, just his major domo. Yeah, but it's like yeah, I That's don't, what I assumed. I, but how
5: I, do you get that job? Right. Uh, uh, <laughs> and <Yeah>. not die. <laughs> how do you keep that job? as <laughs> 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 right. <I'm> more than like, <laughs> well, right. Think about how do you interview think for about that Ad job? <laughs> in the
4: trilogy, man. He somehow survived as the commander of the super star destroyer from Empire all the way through Jedi. Yeah. So clearly, he must have been doing something right. Right. Well, and, and
3: I think I mentioned this uh, the, the video I did I did do a video review which will be out soon for Vader number 25. And I talk about the whole Vader comic book series about how like after a new hope, Vader had to kind of reestablish himself as the badass, which obviously in Rogue one we see him as the badass. Um, but then because he lost the Death Star and he and everything else, he has to kind of gain favor again with the emperor. And that was kind of cool to see, like him progress as a character through the Marvel Comics series, which I cannot recommend enough. Um, so it's it's cool seeing like this character progress. Vader progresses as a character like multiple times. You see him progress from the prequels to Rogue One, then throughout the movies, uh, and then you also see these progressions in stuff like the comics and everything else. So, um, you know, like we said, Vader was very sparingly used in rogue one but the moments he was on the screen were cool and i know the loin line was really cheesy of like don't choke on your aspirations but i loved it i thought it was yeah it's like yeah it's a pun it's
4: tongue-in-cheek but
3: still cool
4: (laughs) did anyone else notice krennic kind of like do like a little smirk smile at the end of that yes when he's, yeah, he's yeah, laying yeah. there and he kind of has his head turned and he has a little bit of a smirk yep. and people are like oh well why would he do that I'm like because he knows he still has power yeah you know yep and I'm like I don't know I thought that was a brilliant little yep. you know I don't know if uh, Mendelssohn just did that on his own or if that was in the script or mm-hmm. what but a neat little ad yep well,
3: in this movie, really, to Travis's point earlier, this movie kind of really shows Tarkin's rise to power, in a sense. Uh, I mean, he was always kind of up there, but, you know, he, utilized, he used Krennic uh, to kind of put himself, make sure that he was the top seat uh, by the end of the movie. So,
5: Well, even, I mean, he was obviously pretty high up, because just the way he talks to Vader... Yeah in a new hope is almost like on equal footing. Yep. You know what I mean? Like he's not afraid of Vader. He, no. he is in charge of the death star kind yep. of a thing. And, um, so I think that just comes from one, his confidence, but two, also cut some of the moves he was making in this movie and shows that he's most likely done that his entire career. And yeah. that's what put him in that position. Yeah.
3: I liked also that we got to see the death star being used without it ruining the death star being used in A new hope. Because that was the thing. Yeah. I was a little afraid of that because I was like, well, how are you going to show the Death Star and not show what it can do? But they just showed it destroying, you know, a city and destroying the, you know, uh, Scarif with, you know, just that area of Scarif. And and then and when you actually watch A New Hope, again, it's one of those things like you just now you pay attention to certain lines that are said. They're like, now we can show the full power of this battle station. So it's like, Mm. oh, yeah, they showed the power. They just didn't show the full power yet. So,
5: Well, I think when they fired it, they said use Reactor 1 or use one reactor or something along those lines to indicate that it's not going to be as powerful of a blast. And then Krennic the whole time is saying, like, that's not even its full potential. Right. Uh, And then leading up to, obviously, yeah, what they do in A New Hope. And um, I liked that. uh, That was one of the things I actually really loved about this movie, too, was uh, the effects – I don't know that any special effect took me out of the movie. No, um, and which is its job is just to enhance,
3: right.
5: you know, the, the drama and the action and everything. But the explosions and seeing the the earth, um, what was the first planet again? The
4: that was Jeddah.
5: Yeah, Jeddah. Yeah. Like seeing like all that just like break up and yeah. very slowly, just the explosion just keeps. Going, like it just keeps tearing into the planet. Yeah. That shockwave and stuff. Like that was awesome and impressive and I really loved the way that looked.
3: Yeah. And I love the U Wing, you know, the, the new the new ship uh that they were using to get oh, around.
5: Yeah, and, that um, looks like an X Wing, but then like yeah. the front things slide back to yep. the sides. That
3: yep. was way cool. Yeah. So I thought that was I a like cool, that design. cool new addition, yeah. Alright, any anything else anyone wants to say about
2: Rogue One? Uh, See
4: it. Wait, we have to wait, apparently wait till April, according <laughs> to uh, Australian uh, websites, for ordering of uh, pre-orders for the disc. So apparently, okay. late April will be out on disc. Nice. <laughs> I
1: I heard one theory on a, on a podcast. Um, the guy that went in and that was all robed up, and I forget who he went to talk to. It was either Tark Invader or uh, it was a guy with the like the robot legs and how some people think that that could be, uh, Snoke.
4: Oh, oh. yeah. I, I let Snoke be Snoke.
3: <laughs> I, yeah. I'm with you. I think, I think that Snoke should just be a character. I realize people want to see him as somebody they've already seen because he says I've been around for a long time. Uh, and the creators have said he's been around for a long time, but, um, But I'm perfectly fine with him being a character that's been around for a long time. We just haven't seen him before. So, um,
4: it's a big universe. There's a lot of people.
3: Exactly, which is why when people like I was actually I was surprised that everyone died in Rogue One because. I heard a lot of people, some people I work with, that said, yeah, I'm not as interested in seeing this because we know what happens to all of them. And I was like, what do you mean you know what happens to all of them? I was like, well, obviously all of them die because we don't see them in the other movies. I was like, well, it's a big universe. It doesn't mean that they get <laughs> to see them. Uh, and they were like, yeah, I guess that's true. And then I watched the movie and they do all die. And I'm like, those bastards were right. <laughs> so, Um but yeah. Yeah, I
5: just kept I was going to say towards the end of the movie, this is something else I want to bring up. was it it really kept me on the edge of my seat. Like those last yeah. 20 minutes, like yeah. Yeah. it w- it went from uh it was classic Star Wars and other movies do this, but like we need this to happen so that this can happen and then this can happen. Yep. Um and then while that's happening they're intercutting between the bigger battle, right? So that pumps up the drama and excitement and you're just waiting to find out what's going to happen next and it was done the, it was edited extremely well throughout that sequence but also like as soon as one portion of the job got done like those people blew up yeah <laughs> and yeah. then the very next step of the process got done and then that dude blew up and yeah. i'm like holy crap like i was just like i they obviously get the plans off somehow well, and that's but i was thing. just expecting somebody to live and i was like how are they going to get out of this and i was literally like yeah. for the first time in a long time watching a big set piece action movie not being able to predict basically what's going to happen. Yeah, you well, know, it's we, when we watch. Uh, just one other quick thing: when yeah, we yeah. watch like a a Captain America movie, like you know Captain America is going to live, right? right? He's going to be the bad guy. He's going to live. Uh, and so, how many big awesome movies do we see where you just know that the main characters are going to get out of it okay at the end? And that's always at the back of your mind. And this was the first movie I've seen in a long, long time where I just really didn't know. Yeah. And that was awesome. That was
3: well, fun. and and the thing, the, two quick things with that. One is, uh, like you were saying, Robert, like, I know they get the, the plans, but I was still on the edge of my seat of, like, are they going to get the plans? Because this is getting really intense. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Especially once Vader showed up at the end. I was like, well, holy crap, they get the plans off, but I don't know how they're going to get these plans off. Um, And then the flip side of that is exactly what you were talking about was, uh, again, I had some people at work. They're like, well, I don't have a big interest in seeing this movie because we already know what happens. We know they get the plans and everything else. And I said, yeah, but if you're going to follow that logic, you could follow that for 90% of the movies out there. Like, you know Batman's going to win. You know Captain America's going to win. You know the good guys usually win. Uh, That's why when the bad guys win, it's usually such a big shock to people. Um, so I said, you can't really go into a movie going, well, I know what happened. So it's like, it's the journey. You know, in every movie, what's going to happen. The guy's going to get the girl. The, you know, like, the, that's a common thing in movies. It's the journey and how you get there is what makes it exciting. So
5: Yeah, and they do a great job of keeping it, like, at the edge of your seat. Like, it's intense, and yeah. one thing leads to the, the other. I, you know, I thought for sure when uh, Donnie Yen's character was saying, like, about to die, and he kind of passes on the concept like trust in the force to his friend. Yes, and then his friend gets up and starts blowing people up. Like, yeah, he's gonna totally take it to all of those guys, yeah, and get off the planet. You know what I mean? Yeah, nope, nope, he dies like 10 minutes later. I'm like, dang it!
3: <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was like, somebody make it off this planet. No, no, nope. nope.
5: <laughs> it's
3: tough, yeah. But but it made for a great movie because it like you said you didn't see that really coming. I mean even if you kind of heard from somebody that yeah everyone dies you're like when you're actually watching it you're like yeah but not everyone dies no everyone dies. Oh man. (laughs) So and that was and like you said I think that was a disappointing the only thing that was kind of disappointing for me in a sense I loved it I thought it was really well done because it was unexpected but I was like man, I really wanted to see some more movies with these characters. <laughs> yeah,
5: thanks. So. But, yeah, especially Queso. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, do you think Alan Tudyk is typecast as a robot voice?
4: <laughs> Maybe. No.
5: <laughs> he keeps getting those roles. He's really good at it.
4: He is good at it. What other robots have he, has he done?
5: The the movie I, Robot. He's the voice of the oh, robot. Oh, so he's done Every robot. Yeah. I thought he had done something else too. Yeah. Well Maybe he's done a lot of like
4: stuff it. for 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 Disney. I mean he was he was King Candy and Wreck it Ralph. He was uh the Duke of in oh, right, yeah. Frozen. Oh
0: apparently yeah, that's right.
4: Apparently he's the voice of the chicken in Moana. Oh nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's apparently he's he's uh he's Disney's good luck charm right yeah. now. Now
3: here's a question I have for you guys. It was something I was I was trying to think of uh myself. So we obviously have been getting these Star Wars movies, and, and all of them have been taking place in this pocket of time that we know. So it, it you know, every, like we're getting the movies, we're getting the comics, we're getting the the animated series. All these types of things are all canon. All the books and everything else are all canon, and they all pretty much take place from the prequels to wherever we're going to end with Episode Nine. Do you think that they need to start looking at other time periods, much like Dark Horse did, because this continuity can start getting a little messy when you're trying to fit everything in this this pocket that they have right now?
5: I well my initial thought on that very quickly and other people can chime in, but just I think that uh, they're fleshing it out with obviously the next two episodic Movies and then whatever their kind of other two fill in movies are going to be like one shot type movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this movie, while it does obviously tie in so closely to New Hope, it's a whole cast of new characters in this world. Right. It's in locations we haven't seen before for the most part. Like it, to me, this was a great example of you can take Star Wars uh, at, you know, with any group of people. And if if it's well cast and the characters are written well and and have an audience become fully invested in them,
0: mm-hmm. and
5: I would just absolutely love for them, I mean I've, I mean I can't imagine they would ever stop making Star Wars movies, you know. But I think, um, so yeah, I agree that if if they're done with the episodic movies and they're done with a couple fill in movies to you know for the in betweens, that they either go well into the future or past. And really explore some of the expanded universe concepts and just create a whole new, you know, jumping off point. And if it doesn't work, then as long as it's built as a standalone Star Wars film, then you can go to a different right. jumping off point. You know what I mean? Like, it's I hope they explore the vastness. I mean, not only do you have the vastness of the galaxy in this time period, but you have an expanded universe that covers 25,000 years. Right. It could be anything. Right.
1: How about the rest um, of you guys. I think they before. I think they will do it, but I think they're going to wait till this. I keep hearing the the word like Skywalker, epic or the the series and anything after Episode Nine, where they can finally close the book on the original trilogy and the prequels and all of that. uh, Then I think that's when they're going to go. You know. Dab both in the future and in the past, all, all at the same time in different different parts. Gotcha.
2: Sam, what do you think? Uh, pretty much uh, echo Travis. They're going to get everything uh, everything finished up, but um, I I think they're. They're doing everything the right way with all the sto- all the stories, the comic stories. They're not stepping on any anybody, crossing over anything, you know? Yeah. They're not making any mistakes. I think they're being very careful with that. Yeah.
3: And I totally agree. I think they're doing a fantastic job of it. It's just I know the more and more comics you make and the more and more books you make, stuff starts getting a little muddy after a little while, mm-hmm. just, mm-hmm. especially if you're staying within this time period. Um, it's just, it gets tougher and tougher. Now, the thing they can do is exactly what they did with this movie, which is they could expand out to new characters and new worlds in the same time period. Um, so, <clears> there's that route you can go, or you can go with, hey, let's broaden the time period. So, there, there's a couple different ways you can actually avoid stepping on each other's toes and stuff like that. So, uh, Eric, I know that you're. Pretty well versed in old expanded stuff as well. So, what are your thoughts when it comes to?
4: I would like to see um, if they're going to keep stuff in this timeline. Mm-hmm. Do stuff. Do a new Rogue Squadron comic. Um, yeah. Or some sort of, you know, uh, like a. A commando squad, like a ground squad or something, if they want to go that route. But I would also really like to see more of the old Republic era type stuff. Yeah, Um, you know, I I mean, I know that they've got you know uh, SwoTOR, the MMO, still around, but that's not really considered canon, right? Um, But just stuff that era. I mean, if you go back far enough, if you go back ten thousand years, yes, some of it might affect. Some things, but you pretty much have a blank slate there, right? Um, Because it's so far away that you're never going to see, you're never going to see this stuff made into movies. I mean, I mean, okay, not never, but the likelihood is so small. Well, and
3: obviously, I I was going to say, obviously, they've been able to take some concepts from what was considered legends material, the old canon. Material uh, like we saw with Thrawn. Thrawn is brought into the Rebels animated show now, and you know people were rejoicing. So you could take some of these concepts and reimagine them because that's what they did with Thrawn. Thrawn's basically re- reimagined.
4: Well, that was uh, that's funny that you bring that up because when the announcement came out that Disney was going to axe the old EU and consider it Legends and blah blah blah. blah uh, Timothy Zahn was in town for uh, for AwesomeCon at DC. And so we were having our garrison dinner and we divided him, him and his wife and daughter came along. And so we're sitting there talking, you know, me and uh, myself and, and two of my 501st buddies are sitting there talking to Timothy while we're eating dinner about what he thought of what that meant. And basically what's happened is exactly what he said was just because the, the canon doesn't exist anymore – doesn't mean they can't pull ideas from it. right? And I think we're going to see that. We see it in, in Rebels all the time. Yeah. Um, and any other cartoon I think they do down the line. There, You know, there are a lot of really good ideas in the old EU. Yeah. Um, from characters to concepts to planets to stories to whatever. But... You know they can always pull from that if they want, but they can also create new things. And yep. I just there, there's just such a huge, vast area where they could go. And and I think they recognize that. Like they they definitely
3: have made they've definitely made statements that made me believe that they recognize that. Um, I honestly don't think uh, exploring the past or even the future. Uh, is out of the realm of movie possibility, especially if you're going to explore the past of the Jedis or something like that. I think audience members would go see a movie that explored the origin of the Jedi or something like that. They wanted to go down that route or the early days of the Jedi council or or something like that. Like I I think that could happen. I also think that to your point about a rogue squadron comic, I think especially after having rogue one come out now and everyone getting excited that and thought that that was going to be a movie about Rogue Squadron, I think you can now do
4: a movie of Rogue Squadron, the pilots. I think it'd be a car- mm-hmm. new cartoon series. Because I know, I think Rebels has got one year left. Like, I think yeah. you're going to get four seasons out of Rebels. Yeah. But I'm pretty certain that they're already working on whatever's next. Oh, sure. I know Um, they are. Yeah, absolutely. And what that is, I don't know, but I feel like a Rogue Squadron cartoon would be ripe for that, especially with their focus on, you know, with as big a hit as Rogue One has been. Yeah.
3: Oh, no, I agree. I think it totally could be that. I'm just saying it's not, I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility now after seeing Rogue One that they could pull off a Rogue Squadron movie.
4: Oh god! All the space, the, the 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 fighter combat alone for a movie like that would. I just. I wonder how expensive that is though. <laughs> hmm. Well, they don't actually go up
3: in space and and film that. I don't know if you know. Oh, I know. You
4: know, with the 20s, they're going CG or models or a combo. Yeah, Well, and that was something
3: somebody pointed out also, which I totally agree with, was the CG stuff you saw with the the ships and everything else. They said they made a lot of it look like the models looked for the original Star Wars movie. And so it was like, I don't know if they scanned models in or if they just, like how they did the CG work, obviously it was CG work. Or did they actually use some models in some of the shots? I don't know,
5: Uh,
3: depending on what the shot was. So.
5: Well, I remember watching all of the behind-the-scenes stuff, you know, like with J.J. Abrams and Force Awakens, like how focused he was on trying to make everything as real as possible. Yeah. And focus less. I mean, obviously to kind of get away from what the prequels had done, but in this movie, was there that same kind of a push? Like, I feel like I don't know. It was. Ju- it looked a just lot as great or as believable. Like I didn't have any issues. A lot of
4: that. the the scenes on the ground were. Uh, were actual sets
5: practical? Yeah,
4: yeah, because that's also Gareth Edwards. The way his apparently his directing style is, he likes to be. They talk. He talked about um, they would build a set, and normally when they build sets, you just build what you know where you're going to shoot from. In his case, yeah. when they were building the sets, they were building the sets like they were real because he apparently likes to put the, the camera on his shoulder and move around a lot when he's oh, shooting. Okay. So you, he never was really totally sure as to which angles he was going to come from. Gotcha. So a lot of the the sets were really, really crazy in detail. Cool. That's cool. Mm.
3: All right. Any, uh, any last thoughts that anyone wanted to throw out there before we wrap this one up?
4: No?
5: Yeah. No, I don't think so. No, don't know.
4: Know. All right, different well, score. That, <laughs> what's that? A different score, that was for sure. Oh, yeah. Batsy kept teasing us, yeah. like, I'm going to throw you a little bit of the Force theme, and oh, no, it's going to go away. It's like that dude <laughs> with, the, with the commercial, got you a dollar. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and I did like the music. There wasn't anything that really stood out musically, but I still thought it was a good score, so I still really enjoyed it.
1: It was Williams-esque <laughs> enough yes. To, yes. where it didn't, it, it, you're like oh okay at the beginning nope oh, nope nope that's not what I thought it was going to be
5: it, <laughs> yeah. it, it was it would go into like a couple chords or a couple notes and you're like yeah wait a minute
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what I'm talking about they, they did a lot of that where they you know, here's the start of the imperial march here's the start of the force theme here's the start of this and yeah. the start of that you're just like oh we're going to get it oh no 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 but I mean Giacchino or however you pronounce his last name it's not like he hasn't worked in the Star Wars universe before. Right, so. right.
3: All right, so, uh, Robert, you weren't here for me mentioning this to the, to the guys before we started the show, uh, and this is something new for the listeners. So for Christmas, uh, my mother-in-law actually got me a, a pack of Star Wars trivia cards. Uh, they're just yeah. Star Wars trivia. So I thought at the end of each episode, whoever is on... I each card has two questions on it. So I will ask the questions, we'll go around the virtual table uh, for people to give their answer uh, and then I will reveal what the actual answer is. There are multiple choice uh, on these questions but I'm not going to give you the multiple choice unless we feel like no one knows it without multiple choice. Um, right. Because some of them I, I think are, it's just not needed. <laughs> so... So I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna start with the easy one on this card. At least I think it's the easy one. So we'll and we'll start with Robert, Travis, uh, Sam, and then Eric. You're gonna go last because you probably know the most trivia.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
3: no offense, but you're you're probably no
4: because we don't. Yeah.
5: I was hoping I could go after Eric and then just take his answer. <laughs> right. <See> what's <laughs>
4: gonna happen is be like, name this pilot. I'd be like, uh.
5: <laughs>
1: maybe so. maybe we can. Uh, Jedi mind trick, Eric, because we'll all come up with the wrong answer, and he'll be like, "Eh,
5: maybe they're right. Wait a minute. Maybe, man, they seem like they know.
3: All right. So, Robert, uh, like I said, you'll go first, then we'll go Travis, Sam, and then Eric. So who went to look for C-3PO in Cloud City after he went missing? Oh,
5: okay. Uh, Chewbacca?
3: Okay. Travis, what was your answer?
5: Uh,
3: I was going to say Chewbacca as well. Okay. Sam? Chewbacca. And Eric. They were all correct. They are all correct, Chewbacca, correct. <laughs> yes. Uh So this one's going to be a little bit tougher. We are looking for a country here, by the way. I, I'll get, at least give you that. As a hint. <laughs> oh, <geez>. oh, great. <laughs> Where were the Hoth sequences filmed? Oh.
2: <laughs> so, Robert, do you have a guess?
5: Tunisia. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, well, at least that... Oh, man. I have no idea. I mean, I would... Travis, do you have a guess? Uh, country? Country? Yeah, it's
4: a country. They're part of NATO.
5: Oh. I don't know. Okay. I would just be taking a blind guess. I don't know.
3: Travis, do you have a guess?
1: Um, I'm going to say England or the United Kingdom. Okay. Sam, do you have a guess?
2: Uh, I was going to say Russia. I don't know if they're part of NATO, but I'll, I'll stay with that. Okay. <laughs> and Eric. Norway. Yeah, Norway is the right
3: answer. Uh, see. Uh, oh, you know, I think I have heard that. Yeah.
0: Yeah,
3: I knew it was Scandinavia. Probably I would that. not have known it was Norway. So.
4: Yeah, Norway specific.
3: Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So uh, I'm I'm actually glad. Eric, so
4: technically, that you... London is correct on some of those scenes. Yeah, that is true because <laughs> it was
3: like what the hotel
4: and everything else. They just said... no, no. That the hotel was Norway. Oh, but was they did that? Just, Okay. The like the the hangar scenes and all that are all yeah. I don't know, That's I don't know if you
1: too. guys ever watched That's that. what I meant. That's exactly <laughs> what I meant. Anything so,
4: exterior was Norway with right. Norwegian of me.
5: Uh, I've, got, I've got just one other quick trivia real quick. Yeah. Um, does anybody know how many Tauntauns were harmed in the filming of Empire? None. <laughs> None of the
0: kids are
3: not real. <laughs> two.
5: At least one. <laughs> yeah, probably two. Yeah. Um,
3: a little bit of trivia, too. And, I, Eric, I know you know this because you obviously just corrected me on it. It uh, was... Uh, I don't know if you guys ever watched some of the documentaries and everything else, but like the one time the blizzard was so bad at the, that, they, but they still needed to do filming that they sent uh, Mark Hamill out outside, outside yeah. from the hotel and just filmed from inside the hotel. They were filming from the doorway, the doorway. The yeah. hotel, and he's out <laughs> and he's in like the tripping
5: stuff. over like snowbanks and crap, and yes. just, like falling, stumbling through it all. Yeah,
3: yeah, <laughs> I think that's fantastic. So, so yeah, so every episode that we have, I will read. Uh, as long as there's other people on the show with me, I'm not going to just read them uh, to myself because I see, I can see the answer. So, uh, so I will always read two questions and we'll see if people can, uh, can guess the answers. Um,
1: prepare to phone a friend to grub all the time. That's right.
5: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Text
4: messages like, "Well, we're recording. I need help. <laughs> you <Yeah, I think laughs> so. have
1: answer this. Go." <laughs>
4: and I have a lot of trivia cards, so this can last a
3: good long time. We might, even, maybe, we'll even do an episode where cool. we just do Sounds some good. trivia. So, well, all well,
4: right. Is, uh, the the Trivial Pursuit. Like I think the first Star Wars Trivial Pursuit game that came out like in the nineties. Yeah, it was. I'm playing it one day, and I got like the question: "If named this pilot, and it was, it was like Arvel Trinidad or some oh, crap wow. like that was <laughs> his name, but he was supposed to be like an A-wing pilot that was on the uh, in the second Death Star." I'm like, who the hell knows these? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> where did they name this guy at?
3: Yeah, I do have the uh, Trivial Pursuit game that came out uh, after the prequels happened, at least after Phantom Menace happened. So. Oh. Uh,
4: it's the disc that has like all the episode 3 stuff on it that yeah I, yeah yeah i don't
2: i got one of those of suits like it came in like the tin had dvds i don't remember when it came out though
4: yeah that, that nice. was probably they had a, they had one come out right before episode 3 yeah it had all these like scenes on it from revenge of the sith which nobody had seen yet cuz the movie wasn't out
3: right yeah <laughs> the one i had i think came out right after phantom menace like cuz tin. like a big blue yeah. tin this one was a big gold box so it was, it oh, looks, I have that one. Yeah. So
1: <laughs> I don't have the Star Wars one, but uh, Marvel did one, and I got to the very end of it, and the final question, and they showed a picture of a graveyard, and it says, "What movie is this from?" And we all lost because we didn't know, but it was from Ghost Rider, and Trivial Pursuit came out two months before Ghost Rider was even oh, wow. in theater, <laughs> so wow. none of us knew that we got to the end of it, like. Well, I don't know what is this, and it, it was. It was like, oh, this is the such and such from Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider isn't even out yet. Like, how are we supposed to? How are we supposed to know
5: this? All right, so uh, Robert,
3: uh, how can people find you?
5: Uh, just uh, search Robert Atkins Art um, through Google or on Facebook. Uh, my page, my group page is Robert Atkins Art. Uh, or I also post artwork and stuff on my my Robert Atkins Facebook page. Um, I I occasionally uh, update my blog at robertatkinsart.blogspot.com, and uh, I'll be doing uh, quite a bit of work again for IDW. Um, So we've kind of worked out a pretty good deal that's going to keep me busy for about the next year at least over there. Yeah. so I'm actually working on right now, at the, while we've been talking, I've been working on a mask-related story, and uh, very quickly after that, I'll be on G, another GI Joe uh, kind of spin-off story. So I'm really excited about it. It'll be a, f- a five-issue miniseries. Um, so I'll so be doing
4: some um, alternate covers for something with, with revolutionaries, I think.
5: Yeah. So I'll be doing a series of five of the revolutionary covers and. Uh, I did some stuff with ROM and yeah, so they're just they're working hard to keep me busy. Like nice. all of a sudden my schedule opened up and they had room and it was all worked out. So nice, that's
3: cool. Yeah, cool. Um, all right, uh, Travis, how can they find you?
1: I am on Facebook under kind of my name Travis Fowler and on Twitter tFowler1, which I don't do very much Twitter anymore, but I'm there.
4: Nice. And uh, Grub. How about you? Um, Hiding outside a window outside John's house.
5: Oh. <laughs> it's a party. That's where I'm at. That's awesome. Yeah, and,
4: uh, generally, yeah.
1: Guys, he's in Kentucky right now. You're going to be there for a while.
4: Yeah. I, uh, nowhere really, other than keep an eye out for me between, if at if, if conventions between about Philly going down to about Richmond, I'll probably be somewhere cool. around there. Nice. And then, mm-hmm. Sam, is there anything you wanted to plug
3: as far as people finding you? I know you're on Instagram and stuff like that, so. Uh,
2: Facebook, uh, Sam Murdock. Um, I don't have Twitter, Instagram. I don't really post anything, but it's just I think it's just X Sam Murdoch X Sam Murdoch X.
3: Okay, cool. Uh,
2: well, you can find uh,
3: Starjoes at Starjoes dot uh, I actually also wanted to announce a contest. Uh, with this episode, so a while back we talked about having a contest for international people, and uh, this is going to be for both international people as well as those in the U.S. Uh, and then There's going to be a winner for each, so there'll be one U.S. winner and one international winner. Uh, the U.S. winner will win a the Blu-ray of season two of the Rebels animated show. Uh, So, brand new and everything else. The reason why it's only for U.S. is because, unfortunately, the Blu-ray can only be played in stuff here in the U.S. For our international winner, I have a whole second collection of the IDW Revolution comic story, which includes, uh, I believe, almost every single tie-in as well. So, you're going to get a whole collection of the Revolution story along with, I believe, almost every single tie-in that went with it. So... Uh, I will will send that out to uh, our international winner. Now, you might ask, what do you need to do in order to win this? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I've just started doing the YouTube stuff. Uh, I will have more videos coming out in the new year. 2017 should be an amazing year when it comes to doing the podcast and getting more of the YouTube videos out on a regular basis. I already have myself on a schedule. I've already recorded three more episodes by the time we recorded this. So they're going to be coming out pretty fast and furious. By the time this uh, this podcast comes out, uh, which this one should be out before the new year, uh, so Happy New Year everybody, Um I will have released five, there will be, I'm sorry, six videos that were reviews, comic reviews. Um, So right now, as we're recording this, there's five comic reviews. There will be a sixth one out before this podcast comes out, this podcast episode. So there's six video reviews of comics out there. I want you to tell me in an email at starjoespodcast at gmail.com what were the comics that I reviewed and what was my rating for each one of them. So you actually have to go to YouTube and watch the videos. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so tell me you'll be able to go to YouTube and find out what the comic was, but you won't know what my rating of it was. Uh, so send me an email at starjoe'spodcast at gmail of what comics I reviewed and what the ratings were for each of those comics. Uh, and uh, and if you do that, uh, I, if there was only if there was only one person that enters, which has happened sometimes, uh, then that person will be the winner. If there is multiple people that entered. Uh, then and with the correct answers <laughs> that's important uh, then I will draw names in a future episode uh, and uh, I'll announce the winner there. You have through the month of January so from January 1st to January 31st uh, to to enter your submission and then in the first episode podcast episode of February I will, Announce who the winners were. So does that seem simple enough? You guys, are, I just kind of whipped that together earlier today, so I thought that might make for a yeah. Good
5: contest, I think that's so. a good sounds idea. great, and especially yeah. I think it's good that you offer something internationally because yeah, uh, it's it's a lot of a lot of times they don't get to be involved in that type of stuff. So. Yeah.
3: So and please let me know uh, in your email if you are a U.S. person or an international person, so because that'll help me. <laughs> and drawing the winner, so but like I said, the, the prizes I wanted to also announce what the prizes were because I know in the past we've been kind of vague of like oh there's you're gonna get a prize package and stuff. So like I said, the U.S. winner will win season two Blu-ray of uh, Star Wars Rebels. Uh, the animated series and the international winner will receive the full story of idw's revolution along with i believe all the tie-ins i have to double check to make sure i have all the tie-ins but i I know if i'm missing any i might just be missing one and i'll try to find that one before i send the winner their their prize so um so you'll get the full story there so that's pretty cool Um, So how you can uh, find us, like I said, you can find us at StarJoes.com. You can find us on uh, Facebook. There's a group page and a fan page. Just look up StarJoes. You'll find both. Uh, With the group page, you'll just request to become a member, and I will approve it the second I see it, Uh, hopefully avoiding some of the spam bots that have been out there lately. Um, Please call and leave us a voicemail. The voicemail number is 440-941-JOES, 440-941-JOES. Uh, we have merchandise for sale. You can find Star Joes t shirts, sweatshirts, and coffee mugs. Just go to starjoes.com, and on the right column, you'll see a link that says Star Joes merchandise. Uh, you can uh, click on that, and it'll take you to our uh, shop page there. Um, you can also find us on Stitcher Radio. It's a free app for your mobile devices. There's also the Podbean app, which is a free app for your mobile devices where you can make Star Joes your favorite. Uh, you follow us on Twitter, it's at Star Joes Podcast. And I believe that's everything I can think of. YouTube is just simply look up Star Joe's, and you'll find the channel right there. It's really not hard to find at all. So, um, but links for everything are at the Starjoes.com website. So you can find the YouTube link, you can find the, like I said, the shop there. You can find our phone number. Everything is there to make it all very easy for you to locate. So. Uh so with that Robert you going to help me with the closing here. Uh I will yeah. say the force will be with you.
5: Cuz no one us is half the battle.
3: Take care everyone.
5: Darth Vader, Chewbacca, and 18 other action figures. All from Kenner Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back collection. Each sold separately. At participating stores, you can check specially marked packages for details on how to get the secret figure. New Boss Alien Bounty Hunter. Not available in stores yet. Free with four proofs of purchase from any of the Empire Strikes
1: Back action figures. Offer expires May 31st, 1980. Darth Vader, Chewbacca, Boba Fett, and other action figures each sold separately. From Kenner Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back collection.